This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for league fans, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. This Week in League, the NRL season finally begins as the contenders emerge from hibernation to expose the pretenders. Todd Greenberg appointed NRL CEO. In unrelated news, Todd Greenberg disbands the NRL Integrity Unit. This week, Greg Inglis puts the focus on scoreboard awareness and communication with teammates. He calls this his three habits of highly effective footballers. And we preview all the action for round four of the 2016 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 214 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Welcome again to all our new listeners. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, of course, we love all you old listeners as well, especially the very, very old ones like Kyle. And uh, speaking of old listeners, David, M51 Avoider on Twitter, uh, De Niro, I believe, uh, Glenn used to call him. Uh, I'm led to believe it was his birthday today. So uh, whether that's accurate or not, as we record the show... I guess he'll let us know, no doubt about it, but um, I'm pretty sure Facebook alerted me to his birth, to his day of birth, and um, you know, it's a fucking long time ago, it's a very long time ago, um, he may be our oldest listener actually, yeah, since um, since the old granny blocked us, for using the R word too freely, I believe. The but, R yeah, word? A, yeah. What's the R oh, word? It's just, like, retard. Yeah, like, okay. anyone say that, literally meaning... Like, I don't know, like, like Down syndrome or something. Really? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's like when Leighton Hewitt got fucking roasted for you know calling the ref a spastic or something when he was you know like he he fucked up a shot or something years ago. Like, this is this is a while ago. Oh, and he just like cursed under, and he just cursed, he just cursed under his breath. Like, oh, he's spastic. He might have been calling himself a spastic. Yeah, that's a fair point. But <laughs> got fucking destroyed over it. Raked over the coals. There we are. So, you know, I know. Happy birthday. Hope you're out somewhere and uh, get drunk enough to forget your name. And, uh, well, you know, hopefully you're having a, you know, a, a fantastic time that you don't have to pay for. That's, a, that's, that's the most important know, thing. That's, that's pretty much the base level of the, to which we all aspire. Yeah. You know, so. I wish I had birthdays like that anymore. <laughs> we we have to pay for things. We don't have to pay for things. <laughs> <laughs> Just say your birthday's on. What's the, when's the grand final issue? October 3 or something? <laughs> your birthday's on the 3rd of October. And, oh, you'll be at El Loco for that. <sighs> Certainly Tremendous. will. Come on, come all. <laughs> there you go. You're done. Um, what else we got here? Mailbag. Okay, so this week, uh, at Mario Siegs. That, that rugby league app by Sportsmate is awesome. I never load official app now. It doesn't list crowd figures anywhere. We had a bit of a back and forth with them this afternoon. It doesn't list crowd figures at the moment, but they are going to try and hit up their data provider and uh, find out. And they're, they're very uh, they're very good on Twitter with the listeners as well when people you know hit them up and you know say how much they like the app and all that kind of thing. So um, yeah, they're uh, they're Johnny on the spot with replies. Yeah, yeah, and they they're always jumping in there. So, which is key. I mean, this is not a discussion I've had with them, but um, this is you know it is a key thing 
for uh, for our community as well. I mean, when you jump in quickly like they do, it's, it's a very good thing. Spot and then you get other people jumping in. And usually the, the, the thing I like is that at the moment they'll reply or someone will, you know, mention them and say, oh, you know, love the app or whatever. And, you know, they'll say, yeah, thank you. But then, then you get other people, you know, seeing that and jumping going, oh, yeah, I love it too. And, you know, so getting a lot of good vibes, which is great and great to see. And uh, so it's great to have them part, as part of the community. Um, we had a, a parody account, Luke Burgess Twin. But, uh, this League Live app is brilliant. Luke just wishes you had one for New South Wales Cup. <laughs> to which they replied, you know, you click here, click here, and you, know, you can list all the competitions. So, so it worked very well. Um, where are we? Uh, Nathan L. Webb, 1980. He's a good buddy of mine. But he said, uh, he said that this, we need to, we mentioned it last week, so we need to keep tabs on like Twitter beef. And so he said NRL Hoops Robbo was cute, but there was blood on the timeline during NRL Chapo Glenn. Never bring a sympathy card to a knife fight. And Glenn, Glenn was fucking cranky the other night. I can't imagine what could have happened to make him cranky. But, um, yeah, very angry. There, there was a definite... Um, it was around the 80-minute mark of, of a, a, one of the Saturday night games, but I'm fucked if I can remember which there, one it there was. There was a, a definite decline in his mood. His, his demeanor declined rapidly. Uh, like, if you, if, you could, if you could place a mood in a position of, like, you know... 16 steps yeah. of, of demeanor. Yeah, yeah. yeah he plumb, he's, he's plummeted to about put, 15 put it this really way. quickly. If League Live had a section where it traced Glenn's mood, yeah. you would see a graph showing a decline. A, a marked decline, yeah. you would say. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty fucking quality. Um, the, the, both Glenn, of, those, both of those boys went pretty hard. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they, they need that, yeah. 69 and get back on good terms I think um, the man of the hour M51 avoider it seems this was around the pretenders fell over and the contenders stood up because also of course uh, as a Dragons fan he got an early birthday present with uh, <laughs> we'll get into that uh, DMC Briz finally finished listening to last week's pod geez there was some excellent ranting gents good work thank you sir that's one of the first, if not only, positive tweets we've ever received from DMC Briz. Mr. Underscore Sando, or Shando as I like to pronounce it. I like the new guy. He's sharp. You can't bounce off each other well. Shame he's a Penrith fan, but no one's perfect. Hash twill on the rise. What you guys can't see is that we're both nude. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's such chemistry. And we're talking about bouncing off each other. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> my balls are bouncing <laughs> off his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, balls bouncy off your chin uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake underscore Chook. can you please mention how many Ben Hunt jokes were tweeted you this week for the pod don't drop the ball on this one gonna be real with you that was it the one and only yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I mean look I may have missed one we get a lot of tweets but after you, after I saw that tweet I thought oh shit okay let's let's try and do a bit of a recollection you know what? Here. It, it's like you're at you see a bloke at the pub yep. that you always give shit to. Yeah. And you've you've lobbed up a little bit late and the first time you see him, he's coming out of the toilet, his girlfriend's just broken up with him, and he's just pissed his pants. That <laughs> like you you don't go at that fucker right at that moment in time. I think Ben Hunt is such low hanging fruit. Um, he's on Twitter. That uh, is he on Twitter? I wonder. Yeah, I but, wonder. I think it would have come to light before now. Yeah, it, if he was, you know. There's uh, there's enough knock-ons that I think 
Ben Hunt's just uh, too easy a mark these days. Yeah, and he's he, he's already established himself as one of those infamous ones, like a like a Justin Hodges origin debut, and you know that kind of like a Paul yeah. Carriage, like like just like epic monumental fucking all time top ten list mm. of just you know absolutely calamitous fuck ups. And, you know, because obviously it has to happen on a very large stage like a grand final to be remembered forever. Yeah. Because people have, sho- you know, people have some shocking fucking games. I mean, look at Kurt Mann a couple of weeks ago. But that'll be forgotten. Kurt Mann will be a footnote. <laughs> like, people, what the fuck yeah, is a Kurt exactly. Mann? People already now are probably, you know, Dressane George fans right now are probably saying, what the fuck is a Kurt Mann? Wouldn't know. I think he plays for the Cutters. But, um, yeah, to do it in a grand final, though, that's, uh, that's, that's immortality right there. Yeah, putting it out there. If he if he knocks on from a kick this week's game, yep. Or if he's selected to play State of Origin, mm-hmm. and he knocks on from a kick, yep. That that'll start to uh, to cement the reputation, but yeah, because uh, yeah. at the moment I mean, he's just got this one immortal moment that will never be forgotten. But when you start making habits of it, then he can yeah, that's the sort of shit that can really fuck with someone. <laughs> Put it this way, he's got less chance of being remembered than someone like Scott Minto. Well, I mean, Scott Minto is fucking amazing, future immortal. No, that's Scott why. Minto for Origin. Yeah, and, look, and, and I'm okay with that. Look, you know, Scott Minto for Origin now. Yeah, right. I mean, he was robbed in his time. I mean, how can a future immortal not play Origin? It's a question I ask. But look, he, He's quite obviously Wayne Bennett's love child. Yeah. Fucking look at the bloke. Yeah, of course he is. Um, and, and I think... Unky Wayne just sat him down and said, "Look, we can't, we can't have you as an immortal. It'll, we can't risk. It'll you. bring we'll, it too close to you're home. You're an immortal. You're a future immortal, but we can't risk you for something like Origin when you're so needed at club level. Yeah, so I mean, it's very, you know, very selfish, Wayne. I mean, it's, you know, typical behaviour, really. Um, Mister Underscore Wars, Brayton Astor post football lost a few bulky kilos. Good looking man would go there if I had a vagina. I'd put it on his face. That's I don't know. I, I think I think his follow up tweet to that. Yeah, his follow his follow up was something. No, well, I mean, look, I debated about using that or not. I thought he said it all the first one, but then he did go on. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to paraphrase. He did say something about his vagina looking like you know something like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, which <laughs> <laughs> like black and white bleached out tone, or is it you know? I, I was thinking more that scene where the guys trying to put his guts back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bebe BNC. Uh, in regards to your discussion on the salary cap, as a half qualified legal person thing, it's pretty damn complex. Goes on next tweet. I did sports law last semester, and our lecturer, who's a qualified lawyer, was describing the salary cap rules as a nightmare. Interesting. So there we go. Apparently, it's nightmarish. So, I means the 15 of the 16 clubs have got pretty good law like people. Hmm. Highway underscore. Read your Broncos description. It's classic Bennett. Slow burn to start the season. Well, they fucking flame out last mm. week. We'll get to that. Oh, and, and and who do you go for again? Oh, you know, I I just have have lots of different teams, but yeah. uh, you know, one one in particular, I'll I'll mention. Sky, who's changed his handle to guest underscore tweeter zero zero. So that's that's the hallmark of someone who's hiding from real life, or working at work, or someone has found his Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> Reeks of it. You know, random thought. We need a word to use when we think we see a Twill Nation member out, but we aren't sure it's them. And go. There you go. Throwing it out there to you guys. 
What is the word to use? I have no idea. I don't even have any any suggestions. Oh, look, I don't think words are needed because if you're out, especially for the game... Well, how do you see someone and you're not sure it's them? Well, you just, you just ask them, right? You, you've got to be having some sort of twill merch on. You've got to have a shirt, you've got to have a hat, you've got to have well, a that, scarf. Well, that kind, of, that kind of makes it, you know, like, that's not an issue then. You go, okay, well, obviously they're fucking wearing exactly. stuff, so they've got to be... Like, if they're wearing the jersey, well, my advice would be, if you're not sure it's them, you'd sort of try and work your way around, flank them. See what's on the back of their jersey, the name on there could be their Twitter handle or something. You know, might you know, give you a clue. Unless someone's given their jersey to their wife or child, yep. then you probably shouldn't be caught. Because then you trying to, to sneak around the back of them. Well, then you, you know you know the child. You know, fucking you grunt cunt, <laughs> Bob. You're smaller in real life, cunt. <laughs> you fucking little midget cunt. You just call them a cunt and see how they respond. I guess that mm. probably works. Um, the biggest tiger. Just made the commuters on the bus jump with a booming LOL. Uate looks like Mr. T. Fuck Diana Ross. Gold jar TV. Thank you, sir. Uh, at Wix Fred. Just listening to this week's podcast. Should change the name to This Week in Manly. Jar TV, don't get sucked in. I don't know. Take that on board. I swear we get one. In, Any time... There's a, there's a lot of manly issues to talk about. And this is the thing, I was actually fucking railing on, you know, against the coach. I mean, it wasn't like I was just fucking fluffing their balls <laughs> at all. <laughs> they were coming off a loss to an awful fucking spoon contender. I mean, th- there was none of this, you know... Undefeated asterisks. Wallowing in fucking victory and, and, you know, gloating. There was none of that. It was all like, here's a list of problems, here's a list of solutions, fucking do it, you shit cunt. And, um, you know, we'll get to it, but uh, they did. Uh, Solzy04 This Jar TV thing isn't working out Way too reasonable thoughts and opinions about his team Hash bring back Glenn <laughs> Hash or not Hash or three way <laughs> The logistical Issues around running three USB mics into a into an iMac uh, We'd have to change the whole thing and get like a board And you know run like Regular mics in and stuff like fuck. that to do three at a time Ain't nobody got time for that Oh that's exactly fucking uh, Arpop, okay, Schwank of Essence, aka Josh Hannay's cunt cousin. You need to learn to wrap Nate up. This is to you. You need to learn to wrap Nate up when he starts ranting about manly games. Talk about carrying on. Hash, who gives a shit? <laughs> At Tad Pike, American friend, brother, even. Although Glenn could easily be replaced by an AIDS ridden rat, <laughs> <laughs> Jay is acceptable. Keep it up, boys. <laughs> And, uh, Tad is an excellent. He, he he's an, a truly excellent guy. Uh, he um, he's we've we've met him you know a couple of times. Uh, he's pretty much every time we've flown down to Sydney, we've met him. Uh, he's been to the, uh, both El Loco uh, occasions and uh, the first El Loco occasion. So not the last one, the one before. He um, picked us up from the airport. And he had a he had a cooler with bourbon and stuff in it in the boot, and he'd come on he bought like a, a West Tigers like sippy cup and a manly sippy cup, mixes up some bourbons for the ride from the airport to That's into a logo. He's a phenomenal dude. That is phenomenal. Uh, Wally Frogmore, I'm surprised no one has pointed out yet that the two one three app of this week in league dropped on the fifth anniversary of Nate Dogg's passing. And so, Frogmore is literally the only person <laughs> who realised. Because yet, that was the, that yet, was the case. yet again, it's really gangster to uh, you know remember area codes and also to mark things in your calendar. 
It's pretty. I mean, like I was just blown away when I like that's super ghetto. When I saw the two one three thing, I was like, oh yeah, you know, got to do that. And then you know, you start falling down a you know like a YouTube and Wikipedia fucking you know, nostalgia hole, and um, I was like, holy shit! The fact that the actually that the days line up is is freaky. It's ridiculous. Yes. So the man we're talking about. Literally passes like five year anniversary of his death. So it's pretty freaky. Shit don't line up like that every day, that's for sure. Well, not really, because that was recorded the day before in Australia. So it's not on the anniversary of his death. So it was close, but... Well, it was released perfectly. Because it was released in the early hours of the morning. Like, this editing thing is fucking doesn't take two seconds. Yeah, but, but like, even in Australia... With time zones and all of that shit. I'm pretty sure if you did the if you did the mathematics, you can go fuck yourself, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Wally again, Wally Frogmore, if that's his real name. He said, "Haha, Jay telling Chapo that his fuck style ain't buck wild. Day equals made." Uh, Mup twenty three. He's uh, sent this to to yourself and uh, also uh, at Angry Stink. Uh, every time you guys go on about mud sticking or due process, you throw the Titans under the bus ten minutes later. Right. And? To that point. To that point. You actually have, like, legitimate thoughts about well, this point. I, I mean, I, I just I want do. to say, you know, just do a line and shut the fuck up. But <laughs> <laughs> well, When we're talking about things like the uh, the two recent DV cases, there was some some fairly concrete evidence that exonerated both accused. Now, and we know it's not like we even really know the extent of the evidence, but the court they had they actually had a day in court though. Yeah, uh, the Titans. You had K Hunt pretty much ratted everybody out, and the rest of them were smart enough to to pretty much use the shaggy defence. No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. I'd love to chime. I'd love to just back, you know, in the background of this and do like, you know, some shaggy shit, but I don't think I could do it. Not with no preparation. Um, If you had to give me like half an hour, I probably could have practiced (laughs) something, but yeah. Um, So, let's be frank. The Titans players got away with taking some blow. In the scheme of things, it's probably, you know, uh, a a crime as long as they didn't, get off their heads and bash anyone. It's a victimless crime. Yeah, except for all the people that, you know, die in South America and, you know, transporting it. So, you know, the supply chain has some victims. But in the scheme of things... It's a victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the them not being found guilty is completely different to two people being proven innocent. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not people proven innocent. I mean, that's not the... Oh, no, there was some fairly substantial proof in both of the DV cases. Yeah, they've proven to be not guilty, though. I mean, it's the way the legal system works. Sorry. It's not like they're proven yeah. innocent. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all, the, all these, uh, all our new lawyer friends that have come out of the woodwork mm. can probably... They, they definitely can. ...throw out and see uh, th- see how close to the mark I am there. But, uh, look, I think if you think that none of the Titans players were out there fucking Duran Duraning... <laughs> You are kidding yourself. You are absolutely Yeah, but, you know... Yeah, but nah. They never have been found to... No, not at all. Although, yeah, Carmichael... Well, you know, except, with the exception of Carmichael Hunt, who wasn't a Titans guy, he was just, uh, you know... Just playing AFL at the time. Yeah. 
and yeah, in the same city, hang around with those guys. It's and one of those situations where you're like, yeah, yeah, of course something happened, but no, I, I would agree with Mup. I think we've been terrible humans, you know, constantly talking about white line fever and, and you know, doing lines of cocaine and all that sort of stuff, and I think we should stop immediately. Are you coming down? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, so, yeah. No, no, you're 100% right, Mup, and it'll never happen again. How long do we get to the Titans game? <laughs> <laughs> never happen again. Week in Luke Dawn. <laughs> yeah, never happen again. Asterisk. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shando again. Mr. Underscore Sando. Chrissy Sando is the current fa- favourite for the ESL version of the Dally M Award. That's a quality comp those bombs are running. Jesus. Is it fuck? Um, at Alan Paul Walker. No, this week in Sucking Dawn this week. Don't tell me you'll be impersonating two English guys blowing Gidley in the next show. Hash Razamajiz. Of course, Luke Dorn was out injured this week, so I mean, <laughs> he specifically didn't play. However, the report remains and will be on shortly. Uh, and fuck it, actually. Well, no, we'll, I've got one more tweet from Alan. Well, before we go to that, I've got a bit of feedback from at Alan Paul Walker. This week, blowing Luke Dorn is rank. Poor sound quality due to talking with ordinary Aussie reject cock in their mouths. So, boys, for next time, you have that tweet to respond to. And so, without further ado, we will go to the uh, this week's instalment of This Week in Luke Dawn from our friends over there at Super League Pod. Hello everyone and welcome again to This Week in Luke Dawn, where we'll be mourning the loss of our eponymous favourite player to an eight-week hamstring injury mark. Yeah, so um, Reese Hambry, Hep, Cahill and Charlie Runciman were the key NRL rejects in Thursday night's game as my Wigan Warriors saw their two-year home winning run ended 18-12 at the hands of the Witness Vikings. Okay, and the first game of Friday night showed us all exactly what Chrissy Sandow can do when the sparkling lights of a poker machine aren't there to distract him, as he and Kurt Gidley, yep, Kurt Gidley, brought the razzle-dazzle back in a 56 points to 12 win for Warrington over a hapless Castleford side featuring the original dog botherer, Joel Monaghan. There were more mishaps and mistakes than at an emerging origin meetup at Headingley this week as Leeds and St Helens served up a knock-on-a-thon, Leeds eventually holding onto the ball long enough to seal a 30 points to 18 win. Hull FC ran out 22 points to 4 winners over Wakefield, despite fielding Frank Pritchard, a man with less tackles than Caitlin Jenner, in a game which saw also Mark Minicello rack up 2 tries, 5 tackle busts and 2 clean breaks. Chris and Inu invoked the grubby spirit of his Canterbury past, but Catalan were able to overcome his simbining and beat Huddersfield 46 points to 26, the home side Giants having some discipline issues of their own, with Joe Wardle seeing red on 49 minutes. The Terry Campesi Memorial Physio Room managed to get enough players out on the pitch as Hull KR, featuring Maurice Blair and Josh Mantellato, ran out 44 points to 30 winners against a Salford side, missing convicted wife-beater and all-round cunt-face Robert Louis. Yet all that leaves Widness staying top with unbeaten Warrington right behind them. Wakefield Trinity regain their accustomed spot at the bottom of the table. Thanks for that, boys. And they emailed me today and said that due to, I think, you know, 
Easter scheduling for games and things like that. I think they won't be recording their show until a day later, which means that the segment won't make it in time for um, the recording of this show. So uh, with that in mind, uh, probably they probably won't be on for the next uh, week or two, but we will welcome them back when the time comes and uh, for your fix of ESL news and views and bullshit at Super League Pod. Get around those guys. And um, where are we? We don't need that tweet. So that's all good. And some general stuff. Okay, the merch thing, I finally decided. I mean, it's funny. With the feedback, you do you, you take the feedback. You sort of make a decision on the feedback. You come to, you know, you pencil a decision based on the feedback. And then, like, the alternate viewpoint for that comes you know, out. Yeah. And you can just never win. So what I'm going to do is, given that there was a lot of support for a snapback, um, and a lot of support against the snap pack, snap back. You're going to get a snack pack. Fuck, and hell, we should do a snack pack. That'd be awesome. But um, going to do a snap back or a t-shirt. So what I'll do is we'll provide the option and you can choose. And I'm, I'm not sure how they line up in terms of cost yet, but I think we should be able to get them similar sort of thing. So that'll be fine. And so I'm just going to wait to get some prices in right now. And um, that's it. There'll be other stuff in there as well. Um, the hoodie's coming, you know, immediately after that as a separate item that's not related to the memberships. So, uh, yeah, look forward to those and hopefully the people can get come back to me with the prices pretty damn quickly. Um, couple of supplies. Very highly recommended. Uh, took forever to fucking extract an email contact out of these fuckers and then when they do contact and you reply and, you know, a week goes by and you don't hear from them. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Up Jeez. your game. Highly recommended supplies. Up, up your game. I don't want to name you, but I mean, I, I, I could and I should, but I will not. Because you're very disappointing. Not only that, you disappointed your friends who recommended you to me. You'll never get a job in the NRL with integrity like that. No, exactly. Okay, uh, what else we got here? The UFC was on Sunday. Couldn't get the rest fault scarf going because at the last moment, like I didn't find out that it was going to happen until the Friday uh, before that I was going to get the call up to work in the press section. So... You know, you're signing contracts and things there, and there are very strict rules regarding, you know, your contact and your conduct and your dress and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you can't wear anything with logos and stuff like that, really, because you, you're visible on the tele- on the telecast. So, you sort of got to wear, like, you know, business casual, like, you know, like black polo and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, that's what I did. And you certainly can't be throwing up a fucking scarf. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I couldn't do it, unfortunately. Um, maybe maybe next time. Um, the ladder tipping comp, unfortunately, DJ X-Plane, um, he went missing on the same Malaysian Airlines flight where um, Appy Coruscant went missing. So, uh, we're going to have to pull the pin on that competition because without him helping run things... There's just and his statistics prowess. There's just not enough hours in the day to administer it. So, um, R.I.P. to DJ X Plane and um, and Happy Coruscant. But um, feel yeah. free to email your. Uh, we will remember them. Email in your your ladder predictions, and and Nate will go through them all himself. Yep, I'll sort. I'll set it up on the twelfth. So, um, I've never. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's unfortunate. But unfortunately, there's uh, you know sometimes there's just you just run out of fucking time, and that's gonna have to be a uh, a casualty of the time thing because uh, I certainly do not have a single free minute in which to administer that complicated fucking spreadsheet uh, invented by the the one DJX plane. So sorry. Look, put it out there. Use a hashtag. Mm. Uh, Twill ladder. Yeah. And tweet what your ladder is, yep. and then at the end of the year, if anyone reckons they got close, they can pull their own tweets out 
and throw them out there for bragging rights. Yeah, but that was only that wasn't that was only a part of it. Yeah, I know, but it it's wasn't as close just as that. Get. I mean, because because the the system that the DJX plane had, uh, had had come up with was like, you know, each week week by you know you'd have you'd have your ladder and then you'd get points for if you were one off or you know whatever like brackets and things like like it was fucking oh yeah definitely shit. it was amazing. So, look, DJX plane was current society. Yeah. What I'm suggesting is a post nuclear warfare, <laughs> you know, ap- apocalyptic Mad yep. Max version. Okay. But if people are so desperate to put it out there, do it. Get them out. Use the hashtag Twill Ladder, and then at the end of the season, go back and pull your own tweets out if you think you were closest. And if you got ex- if you got it exactly right, you can go back and you know retweet your old quote. Yeah, there you go. I don't want to hear about it if you're not fucking exactly right. No. All right, and then if you're exactly right though, I'll fucking give you a prize though because that would be pretty impressive. I think. Oh, three rounds in, not that hard. Oof. After these three results last in, weekend. Three rounds in last year, though. You're like Newcastle undefeated 4-0. and <laughs> Tigers were like fucking probably, what, three rounds in, now 2-1. and one. So, you know, we see how those two cunt teams ended so, up. So so what is it now? It's going to be Melbourne and Canberra in the grand final? Yeah, well, Melbourne looking very good to be March Premiers this year. Yep, very nice. So, and, you know, Canberra nipping at their heels only takes, you know, it takes that one loss for them to get over top. So, yeah, you can assume, you know, assume that those two guys are going to be in the bottom four. Um... That's about it as far as like, you know, announcements and things like that. So, um, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I am gutted that we couldn't do that ladder tipping comp, but yeah, maybe next year. News. Um, what have we fucking got here? Uh, I don't have the article at my disposal anymore. I have to fucking look it up. Isn't that terrible? Talk about unprepared situation. But I wanted to talk about the appointment. This was almost. This had almost happened last week as we went to record. But it had. It was rumored to happen. I think it was. We recorded on the Tuesday uh, night, and I believe that the meeting was to ha- happen on the Thursday. So it was after we recorded and everything. But. Um, Todd Greenberg has been appointed the CEO of the NRL. They did a search, a massive search. All around the world, the search went, apparently. Um, and yet, the treasure they were waiting for, he was there the whole time, just down the hallway. And, uh, yeah, Todd Greenberg, one of my favourite people, a fucking dynamic operator, one of the best young operators in the game, has finally... Operating the NRL. Nate's just slipped off his seat that was so laden with sarcasm. <laughs> well, it makes me moist when I'm sarcastic, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> dripping with sarcasm. Yeah. 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 Look, it, I... My concern in any organisation when somebody just gets a bump because they're the obvious choice internally yep is that nothing changes yep you know if if you look at what Dave Smith bought with him he bought some ideas of how to do things differently yep he he I can only imagine um, you know said to a lot of people throughout his time as CEO well hang on why don't we do it this way yep 
or why is it always done that way? Yep. Uh, and the thing that bothers me about Greenberg is, is just from how he behaves and how he acts, and I've dealt personally with with a lot of people in similar positions in in companies, and I think my bullshit detector is is pretty spot on. Yep. And he seems like the sort of guy who is too scared of criticism to justify why he does things. A, because if he puts things out there too early, then he can be held accountable. Uh, And B, his main motivator for doing things is because he thinks so. And if your main motivator for doing something is because you think so, then it's really hard to back that up with genuine facts or reasons or or actual possible positive outcomes. Yep. Um, in terms of of the danger specifically to us, I think that that's going to put him at a crossroads with a lot of fans because he's dealing with, with stuff that, that can be everything from a passing hobby to to a major part of somebody's life. Yep. You know, to him it's a job and, and he obviously, he likes rugby league, that's great. But there are people out there who are bordering on the lunacy side where their rugby league team is is their life. Uh, know those guys. And uh, and I think that that he'll struggle to bring them on board. Well, I think there's a massive split between fans and, you know, players and stuff like that. Because it's really weird, and I, I don't know, I'm just speculating about this, but it feels to me like there was a push by the NRL, or, you know, NRL PR arm, whatever, to get this buy-in from, like, a player's perspective. I follow a couple of players and friends with a couple of players on Facebook and um, and some coaching staff, and a couple of them had posts up that read very similarly about... You know, so what does everyone think about this, you know, Todd Greenberg thing? I think it's a great appointment because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, you know, interested to hear your guys' thoughts. And they're both like that, like a call to action, like, you know, what do you think? And it was funny, like someone, I, I didn't see um the George Rose one, but a friend of mine tagged me in and said, is, George, is Big George fucking high? And then, and I've just gone, Jesus Christ, I said, this is weird. It's like, it seems like this almost reads exactly the same as one I saw Donnie Singe do, you know, yesterday and a couple, and another guy do this. And so, um, I've wondered if it's like the NRL is like soliciting players and, and coaching staff to like push yeah. this Greenberg appointment over with the fans. And then, and George actually replied and just said like, wow, like, cause he had a lot of comments, a lot of replies on it. And all of them were like, you know, you're fucking kidding. This guy's fucking shady as fuck. And yeah. yeah. And, and he was like, look, he said, honestly, I had no idea that this would be the reaction. I thought it was a good thing. And so it makes me wonder why the, you know, what the, the, the players and the clubs are, are sort of in is, one sort of land. Is there a common denominator between those players? Like, do they share the same player manager no. or? Okay. No, and and then like one of you know one of them was uh, Donny Singe, who's like you know he's a uh, yeah strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's at the Bulldogs, so maybe it came from that, Bulldogs, but I mean Georgie's not doing shit anymore, so that sort of stuff reeks of a disassociation with with your target market or your audience or your yep. your stakeholders. Um, you look at all the social media fails we've had this year, like that your taxis thing. Yep. Uh, hashtag that completely backfired. Yep. 
if there's one rule of social media engagement, it is don't put anything out there as a fluffy, candy, everything's going to be a positive response uh, and, and expect no negativity. If you can't ensure that there is only going to be positive exactly. you know, or control you know, the responses, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, look, I think that for us to move forward, we're going to need people who are willing to take some risks, some calculated risks, yep. uh, like Dave Smith did when he stood up to Fox and said, no, fuck you. You've been telling us what our game's worth for so long. Yeah. I think it's worth more than that. Yeah. And, oh, lo and behold, what happened? He was absolutely fucking right. Yeah, so, exactly. For the changes that we need in our game in the short term, the medium and the long term... You know, things like uh, better technology and better platforms for digital viewing. Um, better regulations around third-party payments for one thing in the salary cap. I don't think Todd Greenberg's brave enough to ruffle the feathers that he needs to ruffle. Yeah. I don't think that he's the sort of person who can unite people behind him. And when you can't confidently negotiate... And when you can't legitimately bring people together, that leaves your only other option as, you know, closed doors under table dealings. Yep. Love to be proven wrong, um, but that's just my impression of him. But they, they say that the that the bunker thing was his brainchild. So if that's the case, that's got to be one of the first things I'll ever give him credit for because the bunker's fucking the shit. Yep. It's like the most the uh, one of, one of the, the best developments. This season, I mean, the refs faulting alone, you know, with the obvious exceptions, um, has just plummeted. I, you know, in vicinity of eighty-five percent. Yep. I don't have any. I don't have the figures in front of me, but um, it's like Twitter timeline. You still get people fucking. Well, you know, okay, I'm going to refute what it is said by the Sharks fans just going fucking ballistic last night. Um, but that was something that the bunker couldn't really control either, I suppose. Mm. But um, generally, on the whole. Just the the whining about fucking decisions has has dropped, even with even with the one uh, with the eels and the dogs where there was that try that went up. It was denied by the bunker, but in reality it was like because it was a forward pass, but they couldn't rule on that. But they kind of ruled no try based on you know. Even know. then, all you get is like you know, oh right decision but wrong process. Like we're still like oh, okay, so which is weird. Yeah. I'd- I think, like I, I think you know, we'll talk about that more in the game, but yeah. like I think a fucking fan base, the 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 bitches about a try not being awarded when it's clear that it wasn't fucking shouldn't have been awarded, and they're bitching and they're only bitching because we should have got away with it because of that fucking because of the process. Yeah. You know, you, you you can all go fuck yourselves essentially. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll get on with that. Um, got a couple of tweets about Greenberg. Um, at uh, Giannis underscore Mateus. Greenberg, the CEO, is like letting Rolf Harris host Young Talent Time. You know he's favourite, but he'll still fuck the ugly clubs. Ooh. (laughs) Damn. Stock quality tweet. Damn. Uh, At DeLorean Gray, I for one welcome our Greenberg overlords. (laughs) At Mario Siegs, I think it would be appropriate timing to remind us all next episode about green scum in musical form. Well, uh, if... I'm not too tired by the time this episode's finished. You'll be listening to it underneath this whole segment <laughs> on loop. Uh, Grasshopper474. 
Another reason why the NRL is shit, hash green turd is a new CEO. And believe me, that's a a small sampling, just for time reasons, yeah. of the overall sentiment. It's 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 just weird going back to that point. It's like fans almost universally are against it, whereas like officialdom are all you know pretty the, pretty. There positive. is there is also what I refer to as the current affair style fan, which is what who only believe what what Channel 9 show them. Yep. Um, and I'm sure they think it's an absolute wonderful appointment. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm the same as you. The, the vast vast majority I've seen of people that, that I consider to have at least half a brain Yep. Uh, are fairly unnerved by it. And look, the, like the way he handled the whole Ben Barber thing back in, you know, like 2013 or whenever it was... Yeah, that was some, you know that was some weird shit. Like you know the way there was some there was shady, yeah. you know, non-transparent things that were going on there. Um, so yeah, look, we will see. Mm. Time will tell. Mm. I'm hoping that you know something doesn't happen where he comes crashing down. You know, like imagine a situation like you know like like Michael Searle at the Titans. Oh, yeah. He was the you know he was one of the best operators of the game. And he was destined for big things at head office. Yeah. And then that all came down and he disappeared really fucking quick in, yeah. a, in a blaze yeah. of, you know, of shame. So I'm hoping that something like that doesn't happen because once you're in the CEO position, you know, that sort of thing happens. It's not damaging to you. It's damaging to the entire yeah, fucking you know, organization, competition, the spot game, on. everything. So let's hope that doesn't happen. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wish, I wish for him to be successful. I fucking hate his guts, but I don't want him to be... He's, he's a nemesis of mine. However, for the sake of the game, you know, I'd like him to be successful in the yeah. role because if he's not, you know, the alternative is, you know, just awful publicity and, and you know, damaging shit for the game. Yeah, you, you don't want to give the tabloid that is the Telegraph anything to write about. No, exactly. A- apart from, from good quality football. Exactly, exactly. Um, moving right along, dumb cunts. Uh, manly prop Liam Knight has been charged with high-range drink driving and exceeding the speed limit by more than 45 kilometres an hour overnight. Uh, Knight is considered one of the most promising. He's considered one of the most promising young forwards in the game. He was stopped by police from the Northern Beaches Highway Patrol in Forestville at about 1.15am on Wednesday last week, so we just missed this one. Um, police allege Knight driving a red Mazda station wagon was clocked doing 137 kilometres an hour in a 70 kilometre zone before they stopped him near the Roseville Bridge. When breath tested, he allegedly blew more than three times the legal limit. Uh, according to police statement, the driver, a 21-year-old man holding a provisional P2 driver's license, was subjected to a roadside breath, breath test, which returned a positive result. The man was arrested and then taken to French's Forest Police Station, where he returned an alleged positive breath test analysis reading of 0.176. In my head, it was like 1-1, not 1-7-6. Fucking hell. The Narrabeen man was charged with high-range PCA and exceeded speed by more than 45 kilometres an hour. He was issued a field court attendance notice to appear at Manly Local Court on 20th of April. He also had his driver's licence suspended. What this article doesn't have is that apparently, that you know, I assume after being pulled over but before being breath tested, he sprayed uh, like insect spray or insect repellent. I think that was in, when he was in the back of the police car. Why has he got that in the back of the police car, though? They've just got that lying around, or...? Who knows? Because you would think that they'd search the person. Like he couldn't have taken it into the back of the police car. Yeah, or maybe he had it in his car. Yeah. 
That's just a weird fucking twist, though. Oh, they're saying he was trying to mask the alcohol. Yeah, but this, he understands that it's like, you know, when it's a breath test, it's not like, you know, it's like they get you, you know, you're blowing yeah. for like 15 seconds, yeah. you know, deep. Oh, there, there is that loophole that if you've had a drink in the last X amount of minutes, they have to let you wait for a certain amount of time. Oh, okay. Because you could give a mouth alcohol sample as opposed to a, yeah. an indication of your blood alcohol. Okay. Um, at 0.17. Yeah. Nothing saving you. No, so he's... Fuck yeah, yeah he, te- he, he tested positive for fucking roaches or something. Yeah. Like, insane. Yeah. Actually, this, this is completely off topic, but our legal minds, I mean, the Tool Nation have proved that, you know, they're, they're extremely savvy in terms of legal shit. The other week... This is probably even before the last episode of the show, but it's just reminded me now of this fucking breath test thing. The other week, I went to a concert on like a you know Thursday night or Wednesday night in the valley, and um, I parked at that car park across from McQuarters. It's next to that nightclub that like used to be a church. It used to be like the Healer, and before then it was something else. It used to be know. called Heaven. Yeah, I don't, it's been called like must be a dozen yeah. things. I can't remember even what it was fucking called. Like when I used to go to concerts there. I remember it was funny. I, I took my wife there one of the first times we ever went out. Took her to that that place there to see the Vandals in concert. Fucking like, lucky she married you. And and, War, and Warren Fitzgerald, the guitar player of the Vandals, had, had a common thing that he used to do um, in the second last the last song. They used to play a song called "I Have a Date," where and he used to sing it. And um, so and through the course of the show, he just starts stripping off. And the, through the course of the song, he's stripping off. And by the end of the song, and this happened every time I've seen him, so I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was a good fucking test. This is like a test if this, if this chick's gonna, if she's gonna accept this, then that's great. If not, phenomenal. Flick. And so by the end of the song, he's completely naked, helicoptering his dick around while he's singing, like that's running fantastic. around through the crowd, butt ass naked. So oh, it's hilarious. Like I'm just fucking just, just in tears, laughing. It's the funniest thing. But anyway, there's a car park next to you know multiple yes. car park next to it. Yep. So parked in there for the concert because the concert was at the Met. So I was like, you know, a short walk from there. Yep. Um. I we we parked on the first level, so you know you walk in, go up the lift, get in the car, drive down and around, and before you get around, like it's, it's something you wouldn't see when you go in the car park, go to the lifts, go up. Inside the car park, which I presume is a privately owned car park, the cops around the bend had fucking set up a full RBT in the car park on the track of when you're driving out of the car park. So so before you hit the toll booth to put your thing in. I wonder is it is it is it legal for them to set up RBTs in public, in a private they they can, they can RBT you anytime you want anytime yeah. they want okay if, if you're in your driveway yeah and you're in your car yeah and you have your keys in your possession yeah then there have been cases I believe of people being charged with um uh, oper- uh intention to operate a vehicle or something of that ilk. That intention, that seems pretty fucking scratchy. Obviously, they're not they're not going to set it up there if it's illegal. Yeah. Um, oh, but you know, you just wonder if they're trying to, you know, they're trying to pull one over. You know what I mean? Look, it, in all honesty, I'd prefer if there's going to be drunken idiots getting in their car. Yeah. I'd prefer get them then. I'd, 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 I'd prefer I agree. Them to be caught in a car park. Because like um, the chick, the chicks is like, you know, we're going to do blood. You know, if you had a, you know, the chance, they always ask a question like, if you had a drink, you know, I said. And this was this concert was like what you know like a week or so ago. It was like about you know mm. the tenth of March, say. And I was like, mate, I haven't had a fucking drink in two thousand and sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna do well to get anything on me, mate. But um, Dave, I tell you, 
Like two out of three people are fucking just lining them up. Yep. They were nailing people. Mate, on left our, and right. On our way to uh to the young fellas footy games on a yep. Sunday morning. Yep. Uh he plays in the competition that runs from Brisbane up through valleys and up the north coast. Yep. Very often we're on the Bruce Highway heading to games. Yeah. And on the Sunday morning, I would say every third weekend at least, yeah. there are lines of parked cars on the side of the Bruce From people Highway. ditching. No, from people that have pulled over. Oh, yeah. And it's just, leave your car there. Because I You're remember like coming up coming up towards my way, like on um on Dolly's Rock Road uh, exit from the Bruce Highway, they used to always set fucking RBTs up at the bottom of that exit. So when you are yep. on it, it's too late. And the amount of cars you'd see lined up just at the top of the exit where people have seen it, stopped, parked, and then fucking jumped the fence and like, <laughs> jumped the fence off the highway and just yeah. got pushed to get back home. Um, yeah, crazy. But yeah, it's just I thought it was just uh, it was interesting. I was just wondering about the legality of it because I thought you crafty motherfuckers like that's like there's just no fucking escape like none at all. You haven't even started on your drunken journey. If you if you drink driving, I think in the age of social media that they'd yep. be even more aware now than than ever yep. before. That the minute they did something that was illegal, yeah, that there'd be that Get much photographic that evidence yeah. and and this that and the other. Yeah. So yep. Uh, look, I bitch as much as the next person when I get caught speeding. Yeah. The fucking reality is, if you don't speed, you don't get caught. If you don't drink, drive, you don't get busted. And I, I don't. I don't care if I get busted. I haven't been busted speeding for a long time, but I, I don't usually care when. I just consider it. It's like a. It's like a toll road thing. If I'm getting where I need to be it's quicker, very expensive and they get toll. and they yeah, but if they only get me once every three years, and I've done you know <laughs> nine hundred journeys in that time and got where I want need to be fifteen minutes earlier each time, it's probably worth, you know it probably pays for itself. I fucking hate to be your accountant. <laughs> I would fucking hate it. I I've been I've been on such good behaviour driving for the last three years, well longer three because um I had a situation where like uh, there was a time where I think. My wife, she might have been speeding in my car, and then like I just fucking ate it. I said, I don't care. I've got fucking, I got all the points. I don't care. I'll just, you know, I'll eat the fucking point or whatever that talk. And then, and then there was one day, like the 2012 grand final day, got fucking done speeding that day. Um, and I remember I was on the way home from the Gold Coast, and I remember the cop pulled me over. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me, mate. Some kind of backed into, had backed into a brand new car that day, oh, uh, that man. morning, coming down the down at Burley, came back up, and I was going, mate. Not having a very good day. <laughs> Someone's fucking back to some cunts back to the new car. Um, the Bulldogs and fucking Storm were playing the grand final this afternoon. I'm a fucking manly fan. And he's just like, look, I'm sorry to make your day even worse, but you were fucking like, yeah, doing 28. Like, oh, you know damn. what? If you'd have left the manly fan out, you would have gotten oh, away with the ticket. Yeah, I was, I was like, would yeah. Would have been a nice me. little warning. And then I got done, and so that was three, and then uh, about three weeks later, I got done again, like, you know, doing heaps in a 90 zone, just c- coming up an on-ramp onto the freeway, so the freeway was fine, like, you know, I was just getting a run-up, and he, <laughs> and he got me, and so I was down to one point for three years, I, I, had, to fucking, I had to fucking nurse one point for three years, you, and I, just in December last year, I got them all back, so I'm all good. <laughs> when he pulled you over, yep. you should have said you were a Titans fan, and then he would have asked you if you wanted to buy some Coke. Exactly. You're down exactly. the coast. Exactly. I said, nah, it's all good. Nah. Carl hooked me up, son. But, um, look, as far as the NRL or, or rugby league in general, my standpoint on this is, look, it has been controversial and it's fairly severe. I think if you're caught doing that, mm-hmm. then it should just be a lifetime ban 
from the game of rugby league. In, for, for drink driving, it's a lifetime ban. For drink driving. So and, drink driving up. Oh, no, look, I'm, I'm not trying to rank drink driving. I'm okay. just saying that, that, look, at the moment, there's there's nothing in place. Yep. There's no official guidelines around it. There's some vague things about bringing the game into disrepute or yeah. things like that. Um, drink driving is a very, very easy way to hurt, maim, or kill members y- of the public. Yourself and many, many other people exactly. at a time. Um, and, and again, that, that's the difference. Supply chain aside, yep. Wendell Saylor having having his little party, yep. fair enough, that, that hurt Wendell Saylor. Yep. Getting out there and drink driving. Ain't no one crashed their car after fucking hitting the yayo. Exactly. Yeah, um, Tony Montana could drive fucking good as a motherfucker. <laughs> Tailing UN people and but, shit. Um, it, luckily, no one's died yet. Yep. But it's only a matter of time before it's not a tree they hit, it's someone's house. That's amazing and, that you said tree because that, that leads directly into the Cronulla player. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. I, who who crashed his ute to a tree while drink driving on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the second one in, in less than a week. And um, he basically was... Uh, he, he returned a reading of uh, 0.102. And, uh, yeah, he crashed his ute into a tree, so he's also... Uh, needs to um, attend court at some later stage. Uh, April 14. So, clearly, it's easy to get a date in Sutherland. I mean, cause he did it half a week later he's got a week earlier on his court date the thing that I'm interested to see what happens with this Liam Knight thing because there's always at the start of the year there's been this thing like is he going to stay at Manly because he's he's become that you know he's going to be a big thing so therefore you've got clubs trying to rip him out you know from underneath Manly and east of the club so it's this big thing is he going to go to east or he's going to stay in Manly and you know earlier in the season he's signed an extension with Manly but it's kind of like only one year so, obviously, the intention there is like, you know, I'm going to probably crack first grade at some stage this season and therefore, you know, prove, you know, my value yeah. and the price goes up. And like Manly, if they want to stick by their morals and they're like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, who fucking, on a Tuesday night, who yeah. gets three times the limit, drives drunk and, you know, and speeding like a motherfucker. I mean, he's just hit the jackpot on every fucking, exactly. you know, on, on the fuckhead scale. But if they sack him... <laughs> Then East will just go, yoink, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. And it's the same situation with Canberra. I mean, holding the moral high ground, lost them Dugan, Ferguson, Carney. Yeah. And probably more that I'm not which, forgetting, which, not remembering. Which is why I really think that there should be a a higher blanket ruling. Yeah. And the shit that always comes up... I think life is probably tough, a bit harsh though, I think. Man, no, nah, that ban them. Fuck it. I think, and, and it always comes up when I say things like this, um, people go, oh, well, you know, one mistake, you can't stop someone from earning a living. Well, yeah, it's, you're not stopped Yeah, we've, we've had this one yeah, a lot last so, year. Like, you know, you, you can't go and get done for embezzlement and then go and handle people's money. Yep. You can't be a fucking petter ass and then even be a fucking janitor. You could in, still be a priest, though. In an area, not after you're caught. Fuck off that is moving to a new fucking... Diocese no, or no, something. That's not court. That's that's sticky in the Vatican. Sticky in Vatican City where no one can touch her. Yeah, but that's that, that's <laughs> bad not example, court. I guess. <laughs> that's not court. Yeah. Um, you mean court is in jailed? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course not because you don't walk out of that place. Exactly. So, you know, you, you can take, you can make one mistake, uh, take one bribe, you get or, disbarred as a lawyer, that, and you exactly. can never walk in that. So, yeah. 
I'm not saying you stop people from making a living. What I'm saying is there needs to be a stance taken on yep. potentially deadly activity and say, well, no, you don't get the privilege of earning, you know, three hundred thousand dollars of being a know, professional sports person yep. in our game. Yeah. And eventually, the NRL has to come out. Well, technically, would that be the NRL or would that be the ARL that would issue that? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, if the NRL, if the NRL, you know, applies some some sort of process where they're like, we're not registering you. Yeah, true. Then yeah, you, know, you can fuck um, off to England, but you know, they have all the you know the the moral and you know legal clauses and everything about you know dealing out visas. You know, there's been players have had trouble that's getting correct. visas, so, so it kind of shuts that avenue down. But um, you go to Japan to play rugby and still make a lot of money, probably. But yeah, it, yeah. I, I I really think that there needs to be some sort of stand taken because these issues are fairly clear cut. You know? Yep, I agree. Um, that's it. And the severity, I mean, it's like you know, like domestic violence is pretty is, is pretty bad, and obviously you can it can, can can at its most extreme form result in like the death of like a, a person. Yep. But yeah, you can you can kill a whole fucking gang of people. Yeah. You yep. know, wrong place, wrong time. You know, when you're driving a car drunk. Spot on. So. Yeah, look, you you've brought me around, and yeah, and I mean, it's been a long, a long-held, mm. you know, opinion of this show about yeah, you don't have the right, you know, it's not a right to earn money from the sport of rugby league, exactly, and you're not depriving someone of a chance to earn a living by it's just, it's a fucking game, it's one fucking it's it's one, yep, what do you call it? it's one occupation. Yep. You know what? I got a mate who lives in Melbourne, and his uh, a relative of his was caught, he embezzled $100,000 from his job. Okay. Right? hundred grand. No one was assaulted. No one was murdered. He was caught and he paid it back. Yep. He still went to jail. Yep. Right? And so he'll now come out and he'll have to go and work in a completely different industry. He was working in a skilled industry. Yep. He'll now probably have to work in an unskilled industry. Um... You know, and and that's what happens because of that decision he made, and yep. he didn't kill anybody. Yep. He didn't even have the chance of killing anybody. Yep. So that yep. that's where I stand on the issue. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app. Putting the NRL at your fingertips, news, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, um, not crowd numbers yet, but apart from that, it's got fucking everything. Um, this week, I was delighted to crack open the uh, League Live app, uh, checking, following my team news. Obviously, my team in there is, you know, set as the Manly Seagulls, and uh yeah, when I saw that, when I saw the the, the lineup for, for the uh, New South Wales Cup, the Braden William was there. Oh, the fucking delight! My body was a life of pleasure as I realised that the curse wasn't there to curse our side anymore. Sure, there was you know the potential that maybe, just possibly, you know, a late injury could have you know brought him into first grade after playing on Saturday in the Reggies, but it wasn't to be. And uh, yeah, and the curse was lifted. 
And believe me, I haven't used the League Live app a lot in terms of looking at manly news and results and shit like that this season so far. But I had a fucking great time scrolling through the match, the the flow of the match and all that sort of thing. And I'm um, just remembering all the good times from uh, last week. And you know, presumably now that they're rolling, I'll, I'll be able to click into the <laughs> into the manly team section a lot more often. You know what I love? Sometimes when you're lying in bed late at night and you're not quite ready for sleep. Sometimes I'm not, I, I don't even want to read. But this app has such gorgeous pictures and they're so easy to access that I can fall asleep to the sweet, sweet sights of Tamari Martin <laughs> just after he's released the field goal. <laughs> that moment of release... I mean, it, it, it can't, they, they, they align. I can sit His there. moment of release and your moment of release. It's, it's almost <laughs> as if I'm staring into his eyes. <laughs> I cried a little bit. How good. It's a fantastic a Bronco, game. A Broncos games when they lose to a field goal. That's twice it's, we've done it, it to it, them, with a field goal, with a rookie. Yeah, but I mean, even then, we've been blessed that, you know, within their last five games... <laughs> We've had twice, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's, it's becoming a thing. Broncos fans, uh, not the field goal specialists, can't close out close games, etc., etc. But sportsmate league live is what we're talking about right now, and uh, like it's great to see you guys supporting them and uh, throwing them tweets and letting them know, uh, you know, how how great their app is. I mean, yeah, they're not even smug about it, really. No, I'd be fucking smug about it. I'm saying, yeah, of course it is, bitch. You know it. Yeah, some of the, some of the best things out there are for the fans, by the fans. Oh, we love using we, you know, love using the, the, the league live. Yeah, you're supposed to. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd be. I mean, if I was working their social media, I'd be like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Yeah. You give me like Nate Diaz all up on that. And they go, oh, you know, I don't even use the official app anymore. You're like, you're not supposed to. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> Good all up in our app, bitch. Yeah, you'd probably have Greenberg suing you after a week if you're working <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah, I'd be logged into that account, and I'd be meaning to, you know, call him a low-life piece of shit from my normal account, and yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to say that I am blocked by the CEO of the NRL, and uh, no regrets. But, get Sportsmate League Live, look in the App Store, search for Sportsmate in the App Store, or Google Play, and uh, get it for your platform, your whatever your smartphone is, uh, download League Live today, and uh, they've got a bunch of other, you know, other ones too, I mean... God forbid that you that you follow any other of those piece of shit sports that aren't rugby league, but they've got an app for that too. And like, I'm not advising that you follow other sports, but if you did, if you one of those people, they've got an app for you too. So you may as well grab all their fucking apps to be honest, because they're all as good as each other, and they are all the absolute pinnacle in their markets. Recaps, okay for round three of the 2016 NRL season. Kicked off Thursday night football. North Queensland Cowboys 40 defeated the Sydney Roosters nil up there at 1,300 teeth. In front of a pretty shit crowd, actually, of just over 8,000. But, um, you know, these outlying games, there's people got to go a long way to go to a fucking Cowboys game. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. I mean, might, late night shopping. Might not have been dull ciggies and <laughs> Yeah, so... There's no, I don't know what you say to this one. The 40 points for the Cowboys. Kane Linnett, Antonio Winterstein, Lachlan Coote, Scott Bolton, Michael Morgan, Jason Tambololo, Kyle Felt. All with tries. Uh, Thurston, 6 of 7 conversions. The Roosters, absolutely fuck all. 
Yeah, tough night for the Roosters. Um, the the opening 10 minutes of this game, 10 or 15 minutes, I I thought we were going to look at at half a century in the first half. Yeah. You know, the, the Cowboys were coming off a loss and they, they came out, they were very, very physical. They were, they were hard right up the middle and the Roosters looked nervous from the get-go. You know, they, they played like a team that had come off two losses uh, and and were really short on confidence. Like, not only that, not scored many points and conceded a ton. Yeah. but the, I don't think I've ever seen this before in a rugby league game where the first two tries were exactly the same play. Like it's, it's definitely happened before, but yeah, I know well, what you're saying. Yeah, there's been, you know, okay, similar movements, and I'm just saying it was yep. a, a left-field movement, yep. but it was Carbon exactly copy. the same set play yep. and exposed them in exactly the same way. Uh, and the Cowboys, the, well, they looked, they looked polished, they looked smooth, they were playing with plenty of pace and depth. Um, then they went through this weird patch, sort of almost up to half-time, where it all just fell apart. Yep. And the Cowboys were dropping the ball and they were they were making silly errors and giving away field position. Luckily enough for them, the Roosters probably weren't good enough, and like you said, weren't playing like a team that knows how to score. Yep. They weren't good enough to capitalise on those opportunities. And I think if the opposition had been had been a more, more competent scoring team, then, then the final outcome would have been a lot different. But... The Cowboys had a a couple of golden moments. I that that play when Cole Felt was back, pretty much with his his right foot in the corner of his own in goal, yeah, and then beat three Cowboys players to get back. That's the sort of stuff that lifts a team. Um, Tom Alolo was great up the middle, and I thought that Lockie Coote had a very very good game. Um, he's got no fear of heights. He gets up under the high ones. And he's starting to really find his way in the Cowboys consistently sniffing around the he's middle. He's fucking great. Like, and, I mean, there's situations like, yeah, he may be, you know, he, he might miss out on a contract or whatever. Because, you know, they've got a lot of money, like a lot of guys that have gotten good and, you know, there's a lot, but he's... Yeah, there's talk to, talk of him being squeezed out. It's funny, that, it's funny that they've got, you know, how many years they had with, you know, the, the venerable uh, Matty Bowen. The king of fucking sliding into ladies' DMs. Yeah, and he's he's gone he's gone for like <laughs> I know this for a fact. Like even even at the nines, just sliding he's sliding into DMs trying to get some of that Auckland Panani. But um, <laughs> but uh, Lucky Coot fucking slide him in there for a year or two. Boom, premiership final hurdle. Yeah, it's um. Look, he, he missed the first year of his contract with them through a, a pretty nasty Terrible, injury, yeah. um, and and came back from it probably as well as or, or if not better than than I've seen any player recover from something of that severity. Yep. You know, um, if if it was my team, I'd be doing everything possible to keep that spine together. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're only really in their second full full season together. Yeah, there's be- there are there are um, other ways you can sort of trim the trim the overall bill. Yeah. So um but he yeah there's worse worse outcomes for him than than being a little bit of a journeyman and winning premierships at multiple clubs. Yeah. 
you know. Um, the the couple of times that that the Roosters went straight at the Cowboys uh, early in the second half, the the Cowboys looked a little bit vulnerable, and I don't know whether that was complacency just because of the scoreboard, but there were a couple of arm tackles and and the holes around the middle were were bigger than than they really should have been. But I just don't think they're switched on yet. Like they, yeah, you know, and it came easily this time. And I just think that yeah, it's easy to get complacent when you when you're not feeling any resistance whatsoever. Yeah, so look, if, if you don't put thirty plus points on a team that completes at sixty yep. percent, then then there's something wrong. Um, I'm I'm probably not at all confident about the the Cowboys going into this week's game based on that performance. Um, and and I think out of the out of the two sides this week that that Brisbane had the much better preparation game. So. Um, <laughs> The, the the Cowboys have, have probably got a little bit of a way to go before they before they reach their own very very lofty standards. Look, we speculated that you know they they would be angry after losing the you know, playing so terribly against the Eels and losing it, and they and they delivered on that perfectly, probably more than I you know, anticipated. I thought that the Roosters would provide some more resistance, but. Shocking! I'm shocked how bad they've been the first couple of weeks. I mean, it's going to have to turn around. They've got too many good players not to, but fuck, this was dire. Mm-hmm. Um, underscore O Sammy Boy. He's a shite 40 nil. So disappointing. The Roosters clearly missing Mitchell Pierce's club form. That fellow is a dog's bollocks. Um, <laughs> Tish. It's Mutsy. Is this the first tweet that we've had from It's Mutsy? Uh, Joshua. I T S M U T Z Y. Queen Mutsy. That's what I prefer. It's is Mutsi. It's Mutsi. Welcome. Welcome, Mutsi. Holy hell, you weren't wrong about the Hash Cowboys v. Roosters game. Now all they need is KFC picking up the remains. Hash Slaughterhouse. Bay Bay BNC. Get bent North Queensland Cowboys. That score is copyrighted. Doesn't count if it's not in the grand final, though. And Mario Siegs. East skill levels right now are so far down they'd need to dig up to find the Beaconsfield Miners. Oh, damn. Voodoo Rock. Good thing is 40 is only 6.5 in dogs points, so yay, Roosters. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's clever. I like uh, that. Yeah. Sometimes you get the gems. Parramatta Eels, 20. Defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 6. At ANZ, crowd of just over 30,000. Good crowd. Friday night, no excuses. Uh, doggies, sorry, we'll go to Parramatta Eels. They're 20. Went to uh, tries to Michael Jennings and a double to Semi Rudradra. Three of three conversions to Gordon and a penalty goal, and the uh, doggies had a try to Hopper Junior, and one conversion to Moses Mbai. Yeah, uh, at, at the start of the year in our in our preview episode, I I didn't have the Eels on a super strong finish, based on concerns I had around their forwards and their fitness levels and yep. and the new interchange rules, uh, and it really looks like I'll be eating my words. No, I don't. Think uh, I after disagree. Friday night. Yeah, we're three games in, and, and obviously they're going to need to do it for a full season. But, but I feel the doggies were fucking terrible, offering nothing. Though that's oh. more my that's more more my take on the match. I mean, the Eels were solid, and their defence they seem to be able to defend fairly well. But the flip side is, you know, teams are you know throwing nothing at them as well. Like the dogs threw nothing at yeah. them. Ah, oh, look, I, I think the first half was was fairly evenly matched. Um, and, and when you say throw things at them, there were some very big men running at each other fairly hard all through the middle of that park. The the yeah. forward battle was good, and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, 
it was a shame, I think, for the dogs that Moses had had an off night on the same night that Reynolds didn't didn't really fire either. Yeah. And without their first choice hooker and, and even without Morris in fullback, you know, Hopper Junior can finish a try and, and he's got some some skills around the park, there's no doubt about that, but but he's not a Morris who's going to to go in and actually get stuff done or yeah. or really lift people. So Oh Hopper Junior's exceeding my expectations massively though. Yeah. He's definitely a much better player this year with the doggies. It even even with the the disallowed try, yep. at at that stage the game was still well within reach. But let's let's be clear as well. That disallowed it shouldn't have been allowed as a try. Not at all. It was a full no pass. Matter, you know, yeah, exactly. And that that's what it was referred as. Yep. The referee got a call from the touch judge mm-hmm. that said that went forward. Yep. And the only way that it was going to be awarded is if the reason it went forward was because it was touched by a Parramatta player. Mm-hmm. The bunker confirmed that it was not touched, and so the forward pass ruling stuck. Yeah, it, it's not even right decision, wrong process. The process was, was fine. I thought right decision, right process. Yeah, that proves that they they the only element of doubt that was possible in terms of the the on field call, the forward pass, can be ruled on via mm. video because it was a touch we we're talking about, not the ball travelling forward. Therefore, yeah, I think I think it was fine. And I'm I am ecstatic about this new technology that allows referees to correct themselves. In mm-hmm. the in the past, it's almost been that the referees would back their own opinion to a fault. And they'd be like, oh, fuck, sorry. But in you this, know, afterwards. In this instance, he's called it up as a try, but then after a call from the touch, he has gone, no, reverse that. Yep. It was a forward pass, mm-hmm. so no try, unless it has been touched by a Parramatta player. Yep. Um, in in terms of, of the Eels, points, Rodriguez showed just how dangerous he is again. He's, he did some good things and quick, and and he's growing up as a, a footballer as well. Like he he's now a legitimate threat because he can score tries himself, but he's also going to you know, draw three up. defenders yeah. on him yep. every time he touches the ball. Yeah, and which there, opens up situations like we saw. There there aren't too many better people to open up holes in the defence yep. for than Michael Jennings. Yeah, so, so that looks dangerous out wide. On the flip side, though, if you take Semi out of this game. Where yeah. do Parramatta's points come from? Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age where where a, a wet field or a, a shitty surface or a, a misstep yep. can end a season, yep. um, I would hope, and for, for Parra fans' sakes more than anything, that they're really looking at trying to expand the options they have to score points away yep. from give the ball to Semi. Yep. Yep, so, I agree. Um, look, I, I don't think the dogs were were diabolical in this game. I reckon, I reckon um, they really. They, it wasn't like it was massively error error prone, but it was like they just it just felt like they're offering nothing. Oh yeah, no, they um their halves were off. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, well and, off. I imagine people that brought them by in for Supercoach this week. Yeah. Based on last on the week before, they would have been greatly disappointed. Ouch. I'm sure. Ouch. But uh, look, yeah. You know, I think the dogs forwards did a, a brave job, but but they they probably couldn't keep up with the intensity and the pace that was set by the Parramatta forward pack, um, and the extra fucking hundred plus kilo prop they have out on the wing <laughs> that can run at seventy five kilometres per hour. So um, yeah, 
all credit to the Eels, but uh, yep. I'd, I'd really like to see them expand on their scoring options. Okay, what we got here? Freak09. How good are the Eels? have beaten two competition heavyweights and only lost to the eventual 2016 Premiers. That's wishful thinking. Who do you support? The base Chapo. The Eels really raw-dogged us without a bag tonight. At Angry Stink. Dogs fans are all like, oh, they didn't follow the procedure, and the rest of the world are, yeah, it was forward, move on. <laughs> we covered that. <laughs> Tall Hayden. Great start to the season by Para. Some similarities between them and the 07 slash 09 Premiership winning Asterisk Stormside. Bay Bay BNC. The joy of watching Parramatta fans celebrate, knowing it's a matter of weeks until the NRL takes all their points away. That's priceless. And uh, yes, we can only hope that, that happens. What do you think the chances of that happening are now with Greenberg in charge? None. Yeah. Zero. Yep. Exactly. Exactly zero. I agree. If we could get lower than zero, that would be the mm. figure. Next up, what do we got? Oh, fucking a draw. Newcastle Knights, 24. Drew, the Canberra Raiders, 24, or vice versa. Uh, Hunter Stadium, crowd of just over 13,500 people. Saturday afternoon, the Knights, 24 points, came from tries to uh, Corey Dennis, Sam Adeora, Pat Matautia. Um, Jared, goal kicking was, was the fucking... Well, Trent Hodgkinson's goal kicking was spectacular. Field goal kicking... On both sides. Yeah. Just god awful. Parramatta's 24. Their, their points came from uh, tries to Papali, Soliola, Rapana, and Branko Lee. Um, Jared Croker, three or four conversions and one of two penalty goals. So goal kicking could have got the Raiders home, but it didn't. And now the field goal situation I mentioned earlier. Hodkinson had three shots for no result. Mullen had one for no result. And probably, you know, should have been Mullen more so getting the chances, I think, because Hodkinson just doesn't seem to be that guy anymore. Uh, Sam Williams. From his part, zero from three as well, and obviously, yeah, uh, you know, we had the golden, the golden point frenzy. Yeah, and I think uh, Canberra will regret tra- taking that uh, penalty kick, and that was like, the, yeah, like halfway or yeah, f- yeah fifty-four pretty, meters yeah. or something. Yeah, it, uh, and, and has has he kicked one of those before? Is that the the distance wise? I can't recall, but I mean. He's he's kicked he's weird he's clicked he's kicked some clutch goals, but he's also really fucked up some clutch ones as well. Yeah. So I like if I was on his team or if I was calling the plays, I don't think that I could go in with up you know and and truly say that I had the utmost confidence in his you know him actually doing it. Yeah. Okay. And and so for like something half from, when you can take a penalty from halfway, or bang it down to, you know, within their 20-metre zone, run a set of plays, yep. and then set for a field goal at the end like that you could just fucking spit over. I don't know, that sounds to me like a smarter play. Well, look, the different the difference between... Uh, the only advantage you have with a penalty over a field goal is that they then have to kick two field goals or kick a penalty to yeah. tie it again. Yeah. But I don't think that's worth it for the the risk. Because when you're kicking it from that far out, I mean, the other, you know, risk mitigation thing is, you know, if you, you boot it over the dead ball line. Yeah. But, you know, you're kicking it half the fuck. I mean, there's, you know, people can kick it from a lot closer and not do it. Yeah. So, like, when you're kicking it that far, I mean, you've got to assume that you're not going to get it out. Yeah, the the whole game was a little bit... I, I, I struggled to, to really get into it, and... And I've put that down to the fact that the amount of penalties yep. that were in the game. Um, 
there were 21 penalties and it really just seemed that the game ebbed and flowed on the back of the ref's whistle. Yep. Who, whoever was on top in the penalty count at that particular moment yep. were the team that seemed to have the ascendancy in the game. Uh, and I love a field goal shootout. I know yep. a lot of people say that, oh, it ruins this or that or the other, uh, but I'm one of the people that love a tight game. If somebody goes off early and snaps a field goal, what does the other team do? Yep. Uh, but... Yeah, like you were saying, seven field goals for for no result was a little bit of a, a vuvuzela. But yeah, but like, I think these these close games like this, I mean, this wasn't a very high quality match. But you know, when it comes down to a goal and point thing, there's a field goal. I mean, just the fact that the, you know one score is going to you know win it or lose it for the you know for either side is that there's just there's, there are stakes, high stakes to applied to the game all of a sudden. And that in its in itself brings you know excitement and tension and drama yep. and all that sort of stuff and actually transforms a, a, a you know mediocre game into you know something epic. So and look you know I know it becomes a field goal thon but I don't I'm not that much against it. Oh no I'm I'm not against field goal thons, but you know, seven of them yeah for no result yeah was a little bit of a downer but I I think the biggest difference in this game is going to be what what it does to these teams moving forward. Um, and from from coming from very very different setups, hopefully this gives the these young kids out at Newcastle that are coming in for the first time a little bit of belief. You know that they, that they can chase down a lead, that that they can score points yep. when it looks like the game's away from them. On the other hand, for Canberra, um, I I think this one would have gone a long way if they'd have won it to cementing that they don't need their halves. Yeah to win games they don't need Blake Austin doing everything and scoring one try a game for them to come away with it yep. so uh, I think Canberra had a lot more to lose in this draw than Newcastle did uh, and it'll be interesting to see where both of the teams go from here yeah but I mean on the, on the other hand Canberra you know they, they had their lead he got overhauled and then they were behind and they you know starved the ball in the second half and they actually were in a situation where they they'd surrendered a lead they were losing, and you know when it came time to do some clutch shit, you know they got the job done, scored the try, kicked the conversion from a couple of meters inside the sideline to you know tie it up, that sort of stuff. Obviously, it would have been better for them if then they had have you know yeah. found a way to win after that. But uh, you know I think they can take a lot out. Of, both teams can take a lot out of it. Um, I think the Raiders are just humming along though. They've been you know the Knights have been diabolical. The Raiders have been humming along okay. So I think that the Raiders. You know, if their coach is competent, and you know, this is the, you know there can be arguments and debate about that. Uh, but I think that he, you know, Ricky should be able to emphasise, you know, the good things they did, and you know, try and keep the the momentum. Because I don't think it really cost them that much momentum at all. Um, you know, they're still undefeated, so that'll you know, no asterisk required. They'll keep it going. But uh, yeah, and the Knights, hopefully, will they've un- they've they've unearthed Dennis or Dennis. It seems to have. Far too many S's at the end of his name, but um, you know, maybe yeah, finally this is one of the one of the juniors that I you know wasn't really on my radar before the season, and they had all these other ones that they're bringing in, you know, th- whether through you know necessity or experimentation, mm. and they finally had one that's fucking landed with a bang. Uh, where are we? So, in fact, I had gone back to the league live app, but this one's hilarious when you look at the flow of the game on there. 
you know, when you go through the actual yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the action tab on the yep. game, it's just funny. It's like Miss Field, Miss Field, Miss Field, Miss Field, Miss Field. It's classic. At Andy Kintz, aka Bald Andy. The Raiders are still hashtag undefeated in 2016. Don't mention how rubbish they played, but we're in it. Hash Ricky's Raiders. Uh, at Eddie PJ, does this make us undefeated asterisk? No fucking way, dude. You're still legit undefeated. Savor that shit. Embrace it. Shout it from the rooftops. You're one of the only two teams in the comp that don't need a fucking asterisk, dude. At Mitch the Geo. So far, the new genetic material is asterisk undefeated. Hash Gronk that. That's true. <laughs> In the time since his uh, child has been born, the Knights have just drawn a game. They haven't lost yet. Phenomenal. Amazing. Uh, I'm up 23. Everyone can shut the fuck up. Field goal duels are a great part of the game. I agree, even if you're not being serious. At so underscore pwned. Mullen worked out that if you want your winger to score, you need to cut out gay guy. (laughs) Hash let the tears flow. Here we go. The Penrith Panthers 23 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 22 down at the muddy puddle in front of a crowd of shade over 12,000. Saturday night, Panthers 23 came from tries to Peter Hicku, Bryce Cartwright, Jeremy Lattimore, Tamari Martin. Uh, what have we got? Conversions. 3 of 4 from Jamie Sowart. He missed his own shot at penalty goal. And Tamari Martin also with the crucial match-winning field goal. The Broncos 22 came from a double to Milford. Darius Boyd and Ben Hunt also with tries. Corey Parker, 2 of 3 conversions. And 1 of 1 for Jordan Kahu. I think that was a typo. Yeah. Martin was um, one clutch as fuck field goal. Just let me go back and see. Look, I'm gonna. It's, I'm sorry. It only says field goal. No, okay. oh, no, no, no. I said it was. No, a, it was a typo. No, no, that's, so. I, no. It's okay. I'm just gonna. No, I'm. I'm just. I've got the League Live app open. No, no. I'm sorry. League Live says. Must Wait. be must be your internet connection. It's Field dodgy. goal by Tamari Martin. I'm sorry, yeah. it doesn't mention anything about the clutchness um, or, or you know or not. Look, it it was obviously fantastic to get a result. Um, we seem to be making a habit of beating Brisbane with field goals in comebacks, kicked by rookies. Yeah, um, at the muddy puddle. Yeah. So, or was it still? Or was it was it muddy puddle last year? I think it was, wasn't it? Or I, was it I like? don't know. It's it's had that many that many name I changes. I cycle through it every year. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we we did our very very best to lose this game. Um, the the first half it was almost like the the Panthers of old, where yeah. where it was just silly drop balls and and you know we score a lot of points from from second phase play, creating broken field opportunities, but but throwing offloads that never need to be thrown. Um. It was odd to me that we kept going to the air when when Brisbane have some of the safer outside backs that are going to be fielding those bombs. Yeah. Um, and, and all it seemed to do in the beginning was to, to start Brisbane off in some very, very good field position. Um, my old mate Peter Wallace, who is now, and look, I'm happy to say this, my second... Least favourite Peter Wallace in Australia. I don't know if you saw it, but there was actually a Peter Wallace trending on Twitter today. Didn't see it. No. What was the story there? He's, he's this fucking ass clown leader of the Australian Conservatives Party uh, who thinks that the safe schools reform is meant to turn straight kids gay. <sighs> One of those. Uh, you, using such logic as one of the photos of kids doing athletics show somebody pole vaulting. 
Yep. Which is clearly meant to show boys how much fun having a pole in their hand is. Yep. Um, and turn them all into raging peen lovers. So, I tweeted him today and said, "Yeah, you, you had to go a long way, but, but I mean, you I'm are just, I'm now." Gonna, I'm just going to look. I'm going to look up his. Uh, I'm just going to look up the hashtag. Peter Wallace, say you. Oh, that's his. That's his handle, is it? Absolute fucking grub. Right. But, um, leader of the Australian Conservative Party, candidate for federal Senate in New South Wales, advocating major democratic reform, exit New South Wales police. Oh, he, he had some classics out there. Uh, oh, he looks like a oh no no, no. I, I can't be homophobic. I had a gay friend. So, um, but back back to the Penrith, Peter Wallace, I thought he had a fairly good defensive effort this week, which was a million times better, um, than what he had been doing. He, I think he was, was top of the the tackle count at one level. A couple of things that still worry me though, that we were lucky to get out of. There were two times when he was too busy looking over his shoulder, having a chat to somebody. And the first time he missed an offload. And the second time Jamie Sowell had played the ball. And he was very, very, very lucky that we didn't lose possession. It, it was probably the luckiest thing that I saw happen happen all night. Um, look, I'm realistic enough to know that probably one of the only weaknesses in this current Broncos team is their tendency towards the odd bout of complacency. And I also realised that if you were going to get the Broncos, that early in the season, after they've had a couple of good wins, yep. is probably one of the better times in in the year to get them. Um, in saying that, we still had to put the points on. And l- looking at it, there were a couple of players who who I think sort of came out of that game at a break-even level. Um, you know, for every for every try that Cartwright sets up or... Or scores. Or scores. He throws a number of stupid offloads. Yeah, and, yeah. and the offloads that he throws that don't come off, he throws 20 metres from our line yep. and, and just puts us under immense pressure. So, um, yeah, the, these kids are still pretty young and, and they're still finding their way and they're still... You know, learning learning about consequences of those things. Let's face it, coming up through the younger grades, they would have dominated and, and yeah. been able to Do have a, a little bit more kids, free yeah. reign. Yeah. Um, one thing I did find was funny, and and I'm loath to to bring refs into it. But I do struggle to see how a team can go 37, 38 minutes and not give away a penalty especially when there's been such a focus on getting up and not interfering with the play of the ball. Some of the yeah. times that they were laying in the tackle, to me, seemed a little bit odd. Um, but, you know, when when we got a little bit of field position, when we got a little bit of possession, we, we looked dangerous, and I think that was a lot of it down to attitude. I think that we've got some very, very good signs moving forward. Um, Martin looks ready for the NRL, and... One of the the best things I think about that kid is his not Peter humility. No, he's not Peter Wallace. That's probably <laughs> the best thing about him. Um, but it's his humility. You know, you you look at the guy that kicked kicked the the goal that beat us for the Bulldogs. Yeah. And in his post match interview, he was Mister Cool and yeah. oh yeah, and I've been practicing this and I knew I was yeah. this and yeah. Yeah. you know, um, pretty much stroking his dick during the whole interview. But 
Martin came out there and said, well, and they were saying, I'll oh, talk us through the try. Yep. And he says, well, look, to be honest with you, I was, I was out on the wing trying not to vomit. <laughs> I, I was that fucked. Yeah. Um, now, he, he's obviously a, a fairly well-grounded young fella. Uh, you know, they say that Wayne Bennett gives away 10% of what he's thinking or feeling to the press. And after this game was more words than I have ever heard him speak <laughs> in a press conference. So fuck me, I would have hated to be in their sheds yeah, yeah. after the game. Um, yeah, you know, or he he just may not have said anything. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't think Wayne spoke to them yet. Yeah, I think he's going to speak to them at halftime of the next game <laughs> if they have um, impressed him yeah. enough to you know get back on his good side. The uh, the ultimate disappointed dad. But um, look, one thing that obviously drove the Panthers home to victory was the sensational Pantherettes, and if people aren't following them on Snapchat. I highly recommend it, and and the the, the girls individually, and the girls quietly. individually on Twitter, but um, <laughs> no Snapchat. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> no sex pests. Um, I I would recommend that everybody imitate the wonderful professional organisation that is the Penrith Panthers, officially rated as the most valuable sporting brand in the Southern Hemisphere. What? Yep. Based on what? Money. What? No, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, they, I, they, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even rate them as the most as the most valuable fucking rugby league side. And I'm not even talking about my own. I think yeah, something like the Broncos would be more. You know how many leagues clubs they own? Yeah, no. So you're talking about? No, you're actually talking about like the the actual they are, club. They're the something. most valuable. Yeah, like, yeah. So you're talking about actually like the Panthers club sporting team. Or sporting group in the Southern Hemisphere. A group, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. They need to put some fucking criteria around that shit because they're probably one of the only ones that fucking have the little... They're, like, I mean, that's under their exact... You know, that's owned by the same entity. Look, don't get butt sore because like we got fans sore. that don't have cars and have to walk to the stadium and we get more than 5,000 people to a game. Yeah, we'll get into that. Hang on a minute. What was the fucking crowd? Let's go back. I've got the thing in front of me here. Actually, you cracked 10,000. So that's about the first time in fucking two years. Exactly. <laughs> so we're twice as good as Manly already. So, no, no, no. I'm saying it's the, it's the first time you cracked 10,000 at Pepper Stadium in about two years. And um, due to the prime time fucking game on a Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. Incredible. I have to go and look at your Monday night crowds in fine weather and see how no, you went. Yeah, you can go and do that. We don't have jobs to go to on Monday. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like they got to line up the home games with um, yeah, with Centrelink with Centrelink payments and shit like that. Is that still fortnightly? I wouldn't have a fucking clue. I don't know. Anyone on the anyone on the dial? I can hit us up. <laughs> Give us a shout out. <laughs> Let us know how they're paying these days. I, I honestly if, wouldn't have a clue. If you've got your prepaid internet this week, what's that? They get prepaid internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you know, some some very positive signs for the Panthers and. I only hope that this doesn't get them too far ahead of themselves because there were still a fair few things that they'll yeah. want to address and, and want to rein in fairly quickly. Because well, at the end of the day, I mean, if you want to be serious, I mean, like, you know, the, you know, the Broncos fucking bottled this like they bottled the grand final. So, yeah. you know, wake up to your fucking selves. Uh, Jake underscore Chook. You would think Brisbane would learn that you can't stop playing footy 20 minutes before the end of the game after last year's grand final. True. Uh, at Jim Man Bear Pig. 
fuck, I could run faster than Reed if I was in jeans with a stiffy <laughs> carrying a crate of breezes. <laughs> and I thought, that is probably, I didn't timestamp that tweet, but I'm pretty sure it was when he had that chance to score, you know, bundled out about, yeah. you know, like 10 centimetres yeah. or 30 centimetres from the, from the line. Um, yeah, sometimes Reed, he has these games where it just, it just silences the haters. Yeah, he and does, then, and I think I said it last week though. It's like this vortex that fucks with your head. Yeah, that he's running, and you don't know if he's fast or slow. Is there, so is there, yeah. like Jamie Lyon has a similar optical illusion around him as well. Yeah, like where he's like you, he's, he's pulling away from people, and you're like, um, oh, but this is like this. Like I don't. Yeah. Is that guy? Is he fat or? He's the world's has, thinnest you know, fat man, or yeah. the world's fattest thin man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of quite beefy. Um, but fuck, I tell you what, Milford looked good. Again. Didn't he look phenomenal? There's yes. No uh, no illusions there. If only Ben Hunt can start you know, running the ball with quality again. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be back to where they were, I think. But um at this stage, you know, Ben Hunt, you know, hold the ball and run with the ball. Uh he he doesn't look like he's got a lot of confidence at the moment, but I mean everyone else is doing a pretty fucking look, good job around uh, him. Unky Wayne yep. took Jamie Soward from a fringe player. Yeah, to a premiership and origin player. So yeah, but he wasn't a good origin player. He was, he was selected. a disastrous origin player. He was he was selected. Oh yeah, but so, I mean, you know, it's been a lot of people selected. Some people get selected repeatedly. Look, oh, at least he, at least he had the respect for his state to actually put the jersey on. Unlike fucking, you know, Jamie Lyons is almost as bad as a state trader. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Oh, I'm never going to begrudge anyone who fucking uh, wants to spend more time with their family. I'm a family man myself. I like to spend time with my family. Hell. But um yeah, I I think if if there was any coach that, that's gonna give him the confidence to uh stand under high balls, I think it's Unky Wayne. Oh, I think pretty sure they're standing behind the posts. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, there's no temptation whatsoever to get near the ball. Or he needs like, you know, the equivalent of like uh like that da- like Darren Lockyer had Tony Carroll to make his tackles for him. So you need someone who's like, you know, like like Lachlan Maranta or someone who's catches. like safe under the high ball, just fucking There's <laughs> just gotta be there. like you are gonna stand next to Hunt and they're gonna try and target him. Don't you know, expect this to happen. They're gonna kick the ball your way. And all you gotta do, Ben, your job is to step one step back, two steps to the left. <laughs> Lockie, your job, get in front of that ball, catch the cunt. <laughs> We can't, we cannot have another repeat of the grand final. And oh gee, talk about low hanging fruit, Ben Hunt. Mm. Next, the Gold Coast Titans thirty defeated the West Tigers eighteen at Hope Solo Coliseum. This one also Saturday night, crowd of just shy of ten thousand, and uh, officially, uh, the Titans thirty tries the sexy eyes Daniel Mortimer, Ash Taylor, Josh Hoffman, Ryan James. And Nini McDonald. Ash Taylor, five of five conversions. And the Tigers, 18. A hat trick to Kevin Nagama. Try to Jordan Rankin. Mitchell Moses, one of four conversions. And of course, some of those uh, points there were um, a bit of junk time, too. Fucking Tim Grant will be due for a hat trick. <laughs> Where they're doling them out at the Tigers <laughs> next week. I'll tell you what, I mean, this is, you know, the one, one pleasing aspect of their season so far is, yeah, I mean, the hat tricks have been flowing like wine. Yeah, someone someone get in there and, and engage with Lottie Lottie. again. <laughs> <laughs> Just give, give him a recall. Although I think he'd probably uh, he'd head back to South because you know successful side. It, but uh, it, this game, the the scoreline, I think, is a little bit deceiving in in how close it was. The the obvious difference was in the goal kicking. 
No, fucking the Tigers scored some junk time fucking points. Yeah. It was actually blown out more than that. But uh, in... I'm not I'm not prepared to go along with your line of thinking that it was closer than you said than than the score line. I actually think it was wider than the score line. Well, if, look, if, if you they scored two at... tries in the last three minutes. Yeah, but <laughs> to take it to eight, it should have been thirty ten. But again, if you you add another six points on, yeah, in terms of that's a big psychological barrier. Yeah, but you like two of those tries were scored in the last three minutes of the game. So I'm saying. No, no, I'm saying even if you add another. Uh, so let's take those two tries so, off and say they got say he got when they had two say they were, t- they were still thirty to twelve if they scored all their goals then two tries in the last you know it's it's still not gonna it's not gonna happen yeah but it, it would have ended up being what was it eighteen twelve at one stage if they were converting which is again a much different psychological position to be in than thirty twelve. Yeah, but it was still eighteen ten though. It was eighteen ten at that stage. I mean, it was it was it was eighteen ten though. So I mean, like eighteen twelve is no difference. And then they went to pile on more points to make it thirty to ten. Yeah, I, I and, still... then the, and then the Tigers scored a couple of tries in the last three minutes, like the the kings of junk time I... point scoring. <laughs> I, I still think that it that it was a lot closer than the the scoreline decided. It was maybe at the start of the game. It was eighteen nil. Oh, sorry. Was it no? Yeah, because only yeah. Try, try, goal. So, okay, so then it could have been 12. See, even then, it could have been 12 nil instead of 10 nil. Yeah. That's fucking not psychologically that no, much different. It, <laughs> I, st- I, I stand by it that if the Tigers had converted, it's... I it, have this feeling if the Tigers hadn't have, con- hadn't have conceded 30 points between the 38th and the 62nd minute... Yeah, exactly. Um, we're and- talking about... <laughs> A quarter of football, essentially. Yeah. They conceded 30 points in that period. Also, a period where they let the Warriors and Manly back into their respective I'm, I'm games trying, in weeks one and I'm two. I'm trying to be gentle. I, you I don't feel... have to be. Glenn's not here no, anymore. I, you don't I have feel to. A, he can't touch you. A little bit. He, he can't hurt you anymore, okay? I used to like it when he touched me. But... <laughs> it... There was a lot of talk and, and you know all, all the obvious decline jokes have, have yep. come out in force. Um, obvious. I mean, by obvious you mean true. No, yeah, it, it's a decline. <laughs> it's a dead set decline. Um, it's never been any secret that my personal opinion is that the the Tigers' defense was going to be a worry, and they they leaked points in the first and second game. They've done it in this game as well. You you're going to have when when you base your entire season on your attack, and they've had some very very good attacking games. You're gonna have those weeks where it doesn't stick. You're going to have those weeks where, where for some reason or another, the passers find the ground instead of the player, or they're just out in front, or people are, are looking up and um, and knock the ball on just before they catch it, and you need to be able to fall back on your defence in games like that. That yeah. That's what you see in premiership winning teams, that on those weeks where their attack is just that little bit out of sync, then they can just fall back and rely on each other to keep points out yep um, you know Naguama scoring his hat trick I thought was sensational on the Titans side of things they played like a team that had won their last two games they, yep. were, they were playing with a lot of confidence and and they were playing what what looked like some some very well rehearsed structured football uh, I think Ryan James Misses out on a lot of credit. I think he's a, an integral part. 
I think he gets exactly as much credit as he deserves, and I certainly don't want him to get any more to the point where perhaps think people would think about putting him in state of origin. Football. No, no, he's not a state of origin <laughs> footballer. He's not a state of origin footballer. Um, but if, if you look at the fact that okay, well, well, it was him and Nate Miles that were supposedly the the engine room in that team. Yeah, one of them's gone, and one of them's still there. Yeah, you know how have they performed individually since then? Um, oh, Nate, well, yeah, we will get to that, but Nate Miles was all right last night. Ah, he's a cunt. But oh, he's probably a lovely guy. I don't oh, know the guy. I stop say. it. What well, he says he can't for? He's a fucking. What did he ever do to you? Oh, he's a dirty fucking Queenslander for starters. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that doesn't necessarily. Well, yeah, it does make him a cunt, I suppose. You're yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'll take you. Um, I withdraw my objection. <laughs> I again, it, at this stage of the year, I still think the Tigers will finish higher than than the Titans will. The Titans have always had that capacity to come out and put on surprise wins against teams that, that everyone expects to put plenty on them. Um, for the Tigers, though, I, I really hope this isn't the start of of a massive decline. Why do you hope that? What are you? Why? How are you invested? Why do you give a shit about this declining team of decliners? Because I don't want the decline to be after two matches. I want there to be some sort of build-up. Two's enough, though. That's ah, not enough. I want there to be the mathematical possibility for them to make the eight. That's that's what I want. <laughs> well, that's you know, the way the competitions are, are, are lately. Everyone's I mean, a mathematical every, everyone chance. has a mathematical chance yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and and I think this will come down a lot to the quality of the coach in JT as yeah, to exactly. how he bounces them back from this. No quality there. Talk about cunts. So uh, I, uh, I I wouldn't go throwing any money on them next week. Put it that way. Yeah. Both of these teams are very similar, and I think that they. They're both very good when they've got their, um, you know, when they've got their tails up and things are going their way that they, they needed to be. Like, I mean, it's all going their way. Yep. They look amazing, you know, but I don't think either of them have got the ability to really grind out a game when they're playing like a top side and if they somehow find themselves in a position where, you know, 15 minutes to go, they're still in it. I don't know if they've both got that extra gear. If they have the minerals, yeah. 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 I like, I like use of minerals there. But um, look, you know, it's just a pleasure to see the decline starting to begin. Um, people were asking how I was going to try and factor decline into it, you know, this year after they won two games. Well, they won two games last year and they finished, you know, fucking 15th or something. So, look, short memories, people. And uh, right on cue, a game they should have won. A game they should have caned, really, to really emphasise their premiership credentials. And instead they uh, pulled their pockets out. There's nothing inside. <laughs> Solzy zero four. If the Tigers decline, but there's no Glenn to react to it. Did it make a sound? Oh, it made a big sound on Twitter. Uh, astronauts, and the asterisk is delivered. Uh, at Hammers, Sharks fans have bag of dicks copyrighted. Uh, so munch on a box of cocks, Tigers fans. It's, it's, uh, like it's not like it's massive crea- you know, creativity there, but as much creativity as the as uh, the Titans. Ooh. Although fucking old mate Ash Taylor, young mate Ash Taylor, mm. he's a fucking good player. Mm. He's going to be a good player. I mean, he'll probably you know do his best work at another side, but he's uh, he's doing very well for a rookie. Uh, Paul Mac underscore seventy eight. There's your fucking asterisk, Blakely. <laughs> we, ran, we ran TMB into the fucking ground. <laughs> Ash, eat a bag of tits. See that one's far closer than the Cronulla one, but it still it just rolls off the tongue a lot better. Eat a bag of tits at Wally Frogmore. When the game is out of reach, run TMB, become run MIA. Hype train derailed. Hash, put up, put out your asterisks. 
Melbourne Storm 21 defeated the Warriors at 14 at Mount Smart Stadium. Crowd just over 16,000. Storm's 21 came from tries to Kenneth Bromwich, Cameron Munster and Corey Betty. Uh, Cooper Cronk with a field goal. Cameron Smith, perfect. Three conversions and a penalty goal. And the Warriors tries to Lolo Hayakata and Jonathan Wright. And goal kicking was terrible on the day. Jonathan Wright, the only one getting the conversion. Sean Johnson missing with both attempts. Yeah, the um, the Melbourne Storm seem to just be, be going along week by week and not really ruffling any feathers. They're not... Just doing Storm shit. They're not blowing anybody off the park, um, but they've done enough to be the only team left on full competition points. Yep. Uh, after three rounds. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't mean much. Newcastle were March Premiers last year. Uh, but in... In a, a season where, what, what do they say, you need 30 points minimum yep. to make the eight? Fuck, I haven't even thought about that calculation yet. You know, it, it, uh, it's somewhere in there, I think, that you need 30 or 30, 32 points to make the eight. Uh, you'd, you'd much rather get get six of those points out of the way early. Yeah. Um, even without Berry, uh, who, they've, have they confirmed he won't play this year? They've said he shouldn't, but have they confirmed he won't? Yep. Okay. Um, I think they've spent enough time without him through through origins earlier yeah. on and through injuries later I in think his career. This stage of their, I think at this stage of their careers, I think Munster's just a better fucking player. Yeah. So. Billy, I mean, Billy, like present day Billy, injury free, I still think Munster's better. Yeah. Yep. Billy ain't, he ain't, he ain't what he used to be and he has it, his decline has been coming for a very long time. Um, you know, he's still been getting selected for things, but... And he does the occasional good thing, but he's nothing. He's a he's a, he's less than a shadow. Of what oh, he was, he, you know, he's three, been resting on some pretty hefty laurels yeah. for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, you know, he, they're not lost without him. But but again, look, just just as Brett Stewart is for Manly, there's a little bit of a boost they get just from his directional ability and and what he brings to the team just in his aura. But um, the Storm. I think are also yet to come up against a fair challenge. Yep. Uh, and and I'll be interested to see how they hold up under some more intense scrutiny than what the Warriors threw at them. Uh, and and look, the Warriors threw a little bit at them. They're they're always going to be a, a tough ask in terms of the unpredictability of their attack. Um, but the, there's something in Sean Johnson this year that he's. He he always gave me the impression that he was the the eighteen year old kid running around a footy field with his mates, you know, thro- throwing balls here, there, and everywhere, and and sometimes they stuck and it looked fantastic. He he doesn't seem to have that exuberance that he's had in previous years when the Warriors have done yeah, well. Weighed down from the um, weight of having to be the guy to do everything. So yeah, it's um pro- probably more of a sign that that Jeff Robson's not his partner. Um, you know, but again, the the storm did just enough, and and they know what to do to close out close football games. Yep. Um, yeah. The uh, the highlight reel was full of you know Corabetti running away and and good things like that. But um, they they were pretty controlled and and really just went about as the storm do, very uh, you know instructional. A to D via B and C rugby league. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, to be fair, that game was like a fucking 
Yeah, it was a tight contest. Right down, you know, not to the, you know, not to the absolute death, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really decided until they, you know, they got that field goal, and that was only sort of last within the last five minutes. So. Yeah, yeah but did you really feel like that Melbourne no, were, never. were at a risk? No. Yeah. No, so they they're in control of the game. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's other games we've spoke about already. This, you know, where you wouldn't yeah, have thought true. the other teams were in. You know, I wouldn't have thought the Tigers were in risk ten. You know, ten points up. You know, after a short period of time, I wouldn't have thought the Broncos were in risk. And certainly, wouldn't have thought the Broncos were in risk up by a good, you know, amount with you know, not a massive point of you know part of the game left. So, you know, just closeness is risk itself. Yep. But yeah, I mean, you always had confidence to storm. I mean, they've they you know, as far as like grind out games. Yeah. You know, they, they it's very rare they get absolutely, you know, slaughtered in a game. Mm. Unless it's one of those games where they're actually, like, when they're, you know, badly beaten from start to finish. I mean, if they're in a game like this, they're going to, you know, they tend to grind them out more often than not. Yeah, they've got enough experience in yeah. the park to know what to do in those situations. Uh, where are we? Uh, Astronauts. Good to see another Storm fullback defending the line with the knees. Well, I did say Munster was, like, better than Billy. <laughs> he was the pre-decline Billy at Cassidy Aiden. Storm with the win three in a row and top of the ladder currently. Go Storm, great win against the hopeless Warriors. Hash Purple Pride. The Warriors, for their part, I will say that they that their performances are improving, but we haven't seen like this leap of improvement yet and they really need it to keep pace yeah. because, you know, incremental improvement's great and all. Like, let's face it, showing any improvement's better than not, but... You know, their current trajectory says that they'll be, you know, looking good by about round seven. I'm I'm not sure why everyone expected such awesome things from the Warriors early on. You know, all, all well, these so other they, teams... Because they had the best recruitment out of any other team in the comp, probably. Yeah, no, but well, even with all these other teams that have had all this recruitment, there's been the, oh yeah, they've recruited well, but they're going to need time to gel. Yeah, and with the Warriors, it, it was big, I mean, amazing players, but I mean, it was the, most of the spine being replaced. Yeah, and and you look at this, they, they've... they've They've expected the Warriors just to come out and set the world on fire um, without the, the necessary time to gel that every other team apparently needs. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons 8 to feed the Rabbitohs 6. Uh, this one, Sydney Cricket Ground, just under 18,000 in attendance. The Dragons 8 points came from a try to Jason Nightingale and two penalties to Gareth Widdop. And the Rabbitohs try to Alex Johnson and a conversion to Bryson Goodwin. And I guess the other important name on the score sheet is the missed field goal to one Greg Inglis. Oh, mate. This game went 50 minutes without a point being scored. To say it was a dour affair is understating it massively. Yeah, it's... Uh, this one for me was fairly simple. Um, the Dragons adjusted to the conditions. Souths had no idea how to adjust to the conditions. They didn't even realise there were conditions. No. They thought they were sweating heavily. And that's why the ground was muddy. Yeah. But, um... It, gen- Greg Ingalls knew that there were no fucking planes flying around. <laughs> Generally speaking, when when you get situations like that, it's teams that play safe football and have the better kicking game that are going to come out on top, and Gareth would have got the Dragons home. Yep. You know? Um, the... The points were scored early on, and yeah, it, even in the wet, it it's a double-edged sword. Players are, are wet and they're harder to hold on to. However, if somebody gets through the line, then they're not going to be able to take off at full speed yep. straight away. 
Um, so it really just turns into a, a bit of a slog fest. You want to talk about the the Burgess thing? I was just want to talk about other factors first. I mean, like the, the the conditions did contribute, but not the Burgess thing specifically. But South did have a bit of a casualty ward. Mm-hmm. Dragons defended amazing. Like you know, there was the period there at the end of the game. You know, sort of within the last ten minutes, where it, it felt like you know it was all Souths for like you know. Yeah. camped for like five minutes so you know game on the line only leading by two points you know you've got to credit the Dragons for you know holding firm and holding him out um, and yeah then okay you have the ca- the, the casualty situation and uh, the, the number one of those of course being the uh, Sam Burgess mm-hmm. wasn't a good look he uh, you know he, he, there was no foul play involved he kind of did it to himself the way he sort of um, you know did I you, guess. Did you see what actually happened? Duck. Well, I saw him duck his head and plough in, and did you see get a bit the, which two players were in that tackle? No, it was fucking Urban Samurai and Man Bun. So, so what's actually happened? Stung by criticism on this week in league podcast by by the new co-host. Yeah, and uh, it, Sam Sam was actually caught in a vortex of shit cunt hairstyles. And his head actually ended fight or flight and tried to leave his body and that was the neck injury. For fear that, that, that he would he would pull out of that scenario yeah. and have a man bun. Yeah, or, or fucking cornrows, God help him. But <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't want to make light of it and say that there were, there were any good things, but I think the medical response was very professional. Yeah, I mean, they know um, what to do in situations like this. It's... Yeah. You know they they were out. They they did what they needed to do. They got him off the field. Um, I saw a couple of things about Josh Dugan yelling at him. Yeah. While he was on the ground. Yep. Um, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't either. It it must have been off camera. Um, so I really don't have have any sort of opinion on that. I hope he didn't didn't say anything. You know, untoward. I'll tell you a true story about this game, and it's also also about how I'm watching games lately. I mean, I've been working at UFC all day on Sunday. And so I had this on uh, the the NRL app, and I was lying down on the couch, and at one stage, I actually got woken up by like my phone fucking hitting me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's that tells you about <laughs> how um, yeah I was I was in another world watching this game, and it wasn't a game that, that you know was stimulating enough to keep me on the edge of my seat. Well, I say, like, I love the fact that, you know, the Telstra customer, you know, got that, you know, the subscription and everything for free. So it has proven to be a really good way to, to watch games where, you know, I'm not impacting on the other people in the house who don't want to watch football at that time. But it does also impact massively on gronking off on Twitter because you can't, <laughs> you do, both football, can't do both at the same time. You can't do both at the same time. Yeah. So, uh, like, as, and you, as what happened with the Manly game, like, but the only time I was tweeting out was halftime. Full time, because you don't want to fucking leave the action, you know. Yeah. So um, and and you know, with daylight saving at the moment, I mean, when games are going on, you know, it's usually like you know, around the time putting the kids to bed, mm-hmm. or at least there's like a you know, a massive portion of the game where that's happening, and so, yeah, you know, I got the, like the volumes, the volumes turned off, and you know, <laughs> wait for the kid to drop off, <laughs> watching the game on the phone, <laughs> and so you just you just can't you just can't gronk off or anything, mm-hmm. but um, that's getting you know. Obviously, well off the topic, we're talking about the uh, enthralling Dragon South encounter. Did you have anything else to add? No, 
Not at all. The other thing, you know, the Dragons were ably... I mean, I'm not refs faulting or anything, but they were ably uh, helped, assisted by a massive penalty count in their yeah. favour as well. Yeah. And in conditions like that, that is a decisive or, you know, it is a, it is a very important factor. Um, Craig Inglis, what could we say that the tweets aren't going to say? Oh, I think the, the best thing about this was it was a nice, light-hearted story... He didn't take it like a like a cunt either. He was kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, I, I fucked up. Yeah, he, he brain explosion had you know, you know what? He, we he owned it. Yeah, he owned it. He didn't tell anyone to fuck off. I don't want to talk about it. Yep. He came out yep. and said this. So, um, yeah, funny he's up and up and Kiri like you know, fucking take the field goal. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what are you fucking crazy motherfucker? What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> But um, we'll go through tweets because this English thing, like I want to talk about it, but the, there's nothing I can say that the, the, the tweets haven't covered. Yeah. I mean, Twitter certainly very quickly covered every single angle. Uh, Mitch the Geo, I think it's time to lay off Inglis. The guy's still trying to figure out how many children he has. Ooh. Has hashtag mathematics. <laughs> Hash Greg the Hidden. Uh, Giannis Mateus. Uh, in previews, the question will be if Gi wears the number one or two on his back. Uh, Jake underscore Chook. Do South fans feel closer to GI now they know he's as stupid as them? Which that's a controversial viewpoint that I don't endorse at all, Jake Chook, if that's indeed your real name. I do even talk one sixteenth of our fan base. Uh, Ma underscore Aaron. Greg English should know that you can't just suddenly add an extra one and expect everything to be okay. Hash Greg the Hidden. Was a friend of his child. Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. Todd Greenberg's been in charge for all of a few days and look at the results. He's broken the game already. <laughs> and Special K Online. And with that drop goal, GI overtook Chapo in the race for Gronk of the Year. <laughs> uh, the other thing about that drop goal is and I know some people tweeted it. It was more than one, so I apologise for not remembering who you are. But like, imagine if it did go over. And he'd be running around like fucking yes. That would have been Christmas. I fucking I'm the match winner. That Everybody would have been Christmas. <laughs> Women all on your knees right now, line up like a fucking clowns on Sideshow Alley because I am the match winning king. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and then yeah, then to see like the he's I guess it's the bemusement of the, like, the crowd because you know you can hear when it's like a bulk laugh. The crowd start bulk laughing. <laughs> the Dragons players would be celebrating, you know, because we won. And then he'd be like, there'd be this, like, this cognitive disconnect where he's just like, this is not, what? And then look at his own teammates and they'd just be like looking at the ground or just like looking at him shaking their heads. <sighs> and it would take him a good, you know, there'd be like 15 seconds where he's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, look at the scoreboard. Maybe a, maybe the field goal didn't go over. Waiting, waiting for him, waiting yeah. is a mistake. So he's looking yeah. at him. Oh, and then you just see his face change in slow motion. Poor cunt. But um, yeah, he was cheated of that Terry Lamb moment. Monday Night Footbitch, the mighty Manly Seagulls, 22, destroyed the premiership <coughs> aspirant Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 12, Brookvale Oval. And this one, been waiting to see. Well, let's rewind. Go back to last week's show. Said fucking Matty Parcell had to fucking play 80 minutes. Nathan Green had to get the fuck out. There's a couple other players that I would have liked to, you know, get the fuck out as well. But the changes made, Braden William, Reggie's, where he fucked up, incidentally. Coruscant, Reggie's, 
And then we've got fucking uh, Matty Parcell, the, the the true rookie of the year, even though he's not eligible this year because he played about half a dozen games off the bench for the Broncos last year. But the true rookie of the year led the side beautifully. Brett Stewart was back, which obviously pushed Tommy Turbo out to the wing and Braden Williami out to the fucking sea. And said last week about Brett Stewart being like the you know the the, the type of fullback where he's in defence especially. I mean he's be, he's become better at chiming in and he's become you know quite a good ball player in his own right. But just defensively telling everyone who their assignment is, you know, getting the, the defence lined up and everything like that, it paid instant dividends. The Sharks scored twelve points. One was very early off a drop bomb, and the other one was after like five or six sets in a row through penalties and stuff like that yeah. as well from like ten meters out. Yep. So the defence was you know quite good overall. Um, the points, you know, the, the tries scored were were a lot better. I mean, there was some opportune stuff as well, and there were some brilliant things as well, like the put down for Tommy Turbo for his try, where he was for all intents and purposes held up and managed to you know switch the ball to his other hand and sort of roll over and slam it down. I mean, what with Barber? Let's face it, fucking Brain Willie Army wouldn't have done that shit. He would have rolled into touch or something for the other magnificent gronky shit. Um, the points twenty two. Sorry, Matty Parcell, Brett Stewart, Jake Tur- Jake Turbo, and Tommy Turbo, the Turbros, if you will. Um, with tries, Jamie Lyon, three or four conversions. That is the fucking worst name for anything in the history <laughs> of the world. The Turbros. Yeah, you know buddy. Um, the that, Sharks, 12 points. That thing is more liable to give you cancer just cause you than say smoking. It, just because you say it doesn't make it true. You, while okay? using deodorant, while sucking in car exhaust, <laughs> while sitting under a live power line. Let's while, hear it. While jerking off with a car battery. Let's hear That's it with the Turbros. That's how bad that is. Let's hear it, with the tur- let's hear it for the Turbros. Um, Sharky scored tries to Luke Lewis and Valentine Holmes. Maloney one of two conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, 22-12. Off you go. Um, I think that... Start paying homage. I think this game was yeah, almost like the Brisbane Pen- Penrith game. Um, I think Cronulla did more to lose this game than Manly did to win it. That's just fucking preposterous. Um, look, yeah. Manly didn't even touch the ball for the first 10 minutes. Literally 9 minutes, 37 seconds before they even got the first, before they got the first possession of the ball. Nice. So just to, 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 to withstand that and come back and win. And then there was that period in the second half as well where the Sharks had the ball for fucking like 48 minutes in a row or something and couldn't, you know, they got one try out in the, out in the edge. Yeah, which was on on the back of, I, I think the, the Cronulla forwards looked a little bit out of form in terms of puff. I think their um, forwards are all right. The problem with Cronulla is, and this is why at the start of the season in the preview, when I said I don't rate them as this top four side, mm-hmm. and the reason is because I just think the Sharks have got these fucking great forwards, no doubt about it, and they have had for like, you know, a while, because you know, you've had like your gunners and so on. But the problem is they, they're so fucking tied up in this having good forwards shit, and especially having good back rowers shit as well that they're just intent on throwing back rowers at the line. And in this occasion, it's like Wade Graham on one side and Luke Lewis on the other side. Yep. And they fucking throw them in there. They've got okay backs. I mean, like Holmes is, you know, going to be a very good player. Yep. But yep. he's stuck out there on the wing. Barber, like he's not 2012 Barber, but he, I think he's better than this year than he has been since that, you know. He's having to, that shit. Yeah, he's having to play with his head. 
Yeah, he, I think, he's not I think just he's relying actually, on, yeah, I th- on speed. Look, I think he's he's going okay at the moment. I understand Sharky's fans probably want to get rid of him because you know they, they want Holmes there. And I think that that's a good move just because Holmes needs to get more ball because he's not fucking getting it the way it yeah. is. And he's, and he's dangerous when he gets it. Yeah. But this incessant obsession of just throwing fucking second rollers at the line from, you know, five metres out, crash balls and stuff. And, and I don't know whether it was the, the wet track or, or whether it was something else. Did they have a short... No, they didn't have a short turnaround, did they? No. They, um, no I, I don't think they ran out of puff. I just think that that strategy doesn't fucking succeed if you've got a side that defends well. Oh, I don't, I don't think Manly defended well. I think they defended adequately. Oh, they defended but, amazingly. They pretty much shut everything down. But in... In terms of the forwards, I think that the success that Cronulla's had for the last couple of weeks has been backed on um, on their halves having a lot of time mm-hmm. and having a lot of room. And you know, don't get me wrong, Kurt Mann um, did, well, did Kurt his Mann best. Was the reason for that, yeah. did his best to make them look like they pretty much won the premiership that week. Though that was know, their grand final. That Ed, was probably Andrew part of the Johns. problem. Um, but it it was. It was a much slower game in the forward, so there wasn't yeah, enough speed there. Yeah, but it was pissing there. down exactly. literally all day, and for some miraculous reason, it stopped raining right before kickoff, and then within half an hour of the game finishing, it started bucketing down again. I mean, yeah. it was pissing down for all except for exactly. 80 minutes so, of the day. So I, th- I think without that that really solid go forward, um, I thought Wade Graham was incredibly quiet all night. Um, I th- I think that they pulled in and tried to play. See, I probably think he a looked. I think he looked dangerous. Though. I mean, the amount of times that he was, you know, throwing players off and carting players right up to the try line, and th- there were yeah. a number of times too. Remember when the Sharks? I remember Feeder was one, and who was the other? There was a couple of times where they actually got over the line completely, and were held up, rolled over, you know, that kind of thing as well. Once again, though, that was you know the short passes to forwards trying to bash their way yeah. through, you know. But, you know, look, Wade Graham's at his, at his most dangerous when he's coming back on an angle at a, at a decent amount of pace. Yeah. Getting the ball flat-footed and just marching, carrying people. Yeah, you can carry them for as far as you want, but you're never going to force your way through the line or get offloads yeah. away that way. Um, I, I really think that the Sharks became too conservative in the conditions. They tried to play to yeah. the conditions. It was very, very wet, and they've just gone too far into themselves and and tried to play a style of football that was ultra conservative and that's what ended I up. I still think them. that's it. I still think that's their bread and butter style though too. Yeah, look, they to haven't figured it is. out. I mean, like you can against like Kurt Mann and the Dragons. Well, the the other thing is when you've got all the running, you can play like you're the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. But, you know, Manly made it fairly apparent that the minute they spread it wide, that fucking Grubby Tapau was going to try and take their fucking heads off. Listen, so they were probably if you're scared. Gonna, if you're going to bend down to pick up a ball, as a, and when a guy's coming, you know, coming yeah. in to fucking to wrap up to to wrap you up, if you all of a sudden duck your head down a foot, I agree. You if can't you, say if that you, you duck fucking your head. You can't. You cannot say that. Oh, you fucking unit like that when they're fucking get, they're lining up the tackle to put a hit on. If yeah. you if you duck down to like you know where their where their arms going to swing when it's trying to wrap a ball or hit you around the chest or around the waist. But you can't. You, you can't brought have the, that shit on yourself. You can't have the swinging arm till you've made contact with the shoulder, and therein lies the problem. Oh, I think that I think so. He's tack- simultaneous. No, nah, his tackling technique's absolutely atrocious. Oh, his tackling tackling technique was amazing. He affected a brilliant tackle and put the player out of the rest he, of the game. 
his tackling, it's a hard sport played by hard men. His tackling technique is is the same as a crackhead's blowjob technique. Broken I teeth could, and all. I couldn't tell you about that. I had no idea. Oh really? Yeah. It's good value. But um So what you're saying is it's actually it's worth paying for, is that what you're saying? No, it's good value. I didn't say it's enjoyable. <laughs> some, the, how do you <laughs> sometimes What's the difference between good value and, and enjoyable? Look, you know, uh, the McDonald's cheeseburger's good value. <laughs> I'm not going to necessarily enjoy eating it, but it still fills me up. But why is it? Why, no, but I mean, I, I, if the enjoyment's not there, why is it? How can it be? You know, how can it be good value? Just sustenance, though? money for sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, you yeah. were sustained by blowjobs <laughs> from fucking snaggletooth <laughs> crackheads. <laughs> I shut my eyes and pretend it's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> um. The, there were some very, very good signs for Manly. Um, I think Daly Cherry Evans had every right to to continue on with an absolute brain snap of a game after he he did a couple of things like fail to find touch early on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, after that though, he had a fucking he had a pretty good game. And he's and, starting to get the, the the new scheme starting to reveal itself slowly. What's that? Lull people into a false sense of him being well, a him, fuckhead. Well, him basically like. Having to say and uh, and being able to, and rather than the the old scheme where sort of foreign would be locked to the left and he'd be locked to the right and that's yep. just the way it was. Now he's got a, like a roving commission play and, just, you know, and play what he yeah plays what he sees. Yep. And you know it's going to take time to get into that. Dylan yep. Walker needs to figure out what he's doing. Guess what? He starts running the fucking ball, and he looked a lot better. And he, and he's a useful useful number six. Yeah. So I think I think the positive sign for Manly is that the DCE came through a couple of periods of. Some fairly severe fuck-ups. Not that they actually cost him any points, but yeah. they could have. Yeah. Um, and it could have nicked him in the head, but he came through and... Yeah, and ultimately and he finished the game very well. So. And, I mean, and defensively, he was, he was very good in this game too. I mean, because he was... You know, they love fucking running like weight at him and stuff. And, you know, he was very good defensively. That side hasn't been good this year. You get Brett Stewart back in there and get rid of fucking Willie Arm, and yeah. boom, all of a sudden... Yeah. Nothing comes through that side of the field. I mean, the only try, you know, one of the tries they scored was just because fucking, you know, George had he, you know, did he shoot out of the line thing. If you're going to shoot out of the line to fucking cut something off, yeah. you've got to make the tackle. If you make the tackle, you look like a fucking genius because you just clamped him down for like 15 metre loss. Exactly. And if, and if you're going to rush out, don't do it at, at one of the more nimble guys <sighs> on the field. And like, he got his hands on the guy and did drag him down, but he didn't wrap up the ball and the pass went out and that was when yeah, they scored so. their last try of the game. Um. One thing I think is absolutely hilarious that you are basing Willie Army not coming back into your side mm. on Brett Stewart's fucking legs holding out for the rest of the season. So far, so good. In fact, I wouldn't have, I, I, I wouldn't have blamed Barrett if he had have done a last-minute switcheroo and it's gone, you know what? It's been pissing down all fucking day. <laughs> The condi- the, I mean, it's going to be the worst possible conditions for someone returning from hamstring. Let's not risk it. Let's just fucking. How about we just do someone else? Yeah. Because we're taking. But he came through fine. Um, scored a good try. Um, looked good in all uh, his his contributions. You know, he under the ball, under the high ball, he was great. Pretty much a flawless yeah. game from Brett Stewart. Um, and once again, you know, the winning percentage with him, or more importantly, the losing percentage without him. Is uh you know mm. it's it's a significant statistic, and uh, he he showed once again why and um Turbo fuck he was he was all right at fullback, I mean you know big shoes to fill and stuff, but you know out in the wing where he doesn't have as much responsibility and stuff he's like Willie Army like that try that um sorry it was a, a repeat set of six city force where he's like 
he saw the space in front of him, like, oh, I'm going to try and run through it. No, I'm going to get cut down. I'll just put a grubber in. Yeah. And, you know, took the guy out. Like, Willie Arme ain't doing none of that shit. Yeah, He exactly. hasn't got a football brain exactly. where he's like, oh, I can put in a grubber, I'll sum it up. He would just be like, oh, fucking, you know, I've got seven metres to go. There's like a half gap there. Yeah, I'll pass it or something. And by know, that time, he's been tackled. And by that time, he's been tackled, yeah. Touch. yeah. So it's just great to have actually, you know, like a, a football player out there as well that, you know, compliments Jamie Lyon well. Um, so it's, it's promising signs. Nate Miles wasn't as shit as he has been. Um, but still, I'm, I'm still not, you know, I haven't warmed him completely yet. Uh, fucking BJ though, Brenton, Brenton Lawrence, he's been, considering he was fucking, you know, he, he wasn't Alex McKinnon, but he was, had severe back surgery where he had to learn to walk again yep. last year. He's been fucking amazing and he was never the biggest prop in the world either, but the fucking motor on that dude, he's amazing. Vave, when he was on, he was fucking just carrying dudes upfield with him. He was making great, great ground. The starting rotation with Starling and Miles, just you're never going to fucking sell me on that unless those dudes somehow you know pull something out of their hats yeah. and become amazing all of a sudden. And look, I think that that's where you know you, you look at the Broncos bench and where they came undone. I, I think that's a danger area for Manly as well. Well, well ours isn't the bench; it's actually the starting. Because yeah. when the bench guys come on, but that's reverse. when the game turned. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so those guys need to lift their fucking game or, or you know give way to other props. Um, and like Brenton Lawrence, maybe that is why he was so successful as well, because he's not the biggest prop out there. And so if he comes on, you know, in that second stint, then when things have, you know, loosened up a little bit, then, um, yeah, maybe it's more suitable for a player like yeah, him. Yeah, spot on. But, I mean, he was also, you know, the crucially, he was he was the one that pulled off the strip um, as, the, as the Sharks player was cutting it out of his own Yeah, hand. Luke Lewis and then, was... Yeah, and uh, pulled off the strip, and it was then, you know, scooped up by a parcel to score the first try of the game yep. for him. So, um yeah, look, positive signs. Not that they're, they're not there yet, but um, it was good to see that you know the difference that Brett Stewart makes. Like the defense is actually was you know was better. Um, the attack is starting to come together, and yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, and Tapao's getting a week off, so uh, minimum. Fucking so minimum. the system fucking work. No, no, no. A week is maximum. That's all. He's oh, getting. really? Is that what's he been charged? Uh, you know. Ax, accid, accidental accidental contact on a pussy ass little bitch or something okay. of that nature yeah um yeah one no one week and and but for the fact that he had carryover points from a, a non-related or you know non-identical charge yeah. however they phrase it from last year he would have got away with a guilty plea okay he so, would have got off with no time so he's gonna get a week Unky Steve will be proud of him though he's copied his hairstyle and he's copying, copying yeah. his tackling technique yeah, well, this is the thing. Nice. Steve, Steve Matai, he's, he's unfairly maligned. He hasn't done that shit for like five years. No, he's a fucking grub. He's a fucking legend. Absolute cat. Fucking one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. Um, yeah, well, you know, if you were only playing three weeks out of every six, you'd be fitter see, and fresher. And see, this is you, you can't you can't say stuff like that because it basically invalidates all your other stuff you're saying because it makes you seem stupid, man. Don't say that shit. Just because he clutches his shoulder every ten minutes, <laughs> he doesn't leave the field. <laughs> And he fronts up next week as well. Yeah, okay. I mean, I remember I had this thing on Twitter last year where I was like, let's compare Steve Matai and Justin Hodges for suspensions, injuries, everything yep. since 2002 or you know, 2004 or whenever. Yep. Like, let me tell you, fucking landslide. Oh, Hodge Grub. Yeah, landslide. Definitely. For suspensions, everything. Across the board, everything. I, I even figured this out the other night, when, even though I'm playing my Panthers. Yeah. I'm finding it really difficult to hate this current pack of Broncos. Why? The one that makes it really fucking simple is Darius Boyd. 
Well, yeah. As long as he's in the One team. One of the most hateable players ever to play the game. It, it, I, I've actually got a bit of a theory yeah. that Darius is suffering from a cunt tax at the moment. He cannot get a penalty <laughs> as hard as he fucking tries. And it, every game this year, people have been laying on him, elbowing him in the head. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know, squirrel gripping him in the tackle <laughs> and a referee will not blow a fucking penalty when Darius Boyd's been tackled. So, um... Deserves it. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got the tweets here. Yes, sort of thousands, thousands of tweets. I had to cull it down to about five, though. Wally Frogmore. DePower only went to put his, put his hand on the head like a shark fin. No one told him that means your own head. See that shark fin shit that they do? It's as, it's as dumb as you think. Oh really? It's like you know, it's like it's literally like doing that. <laughs> Please let the record reflect that I visually performed the hand, the shark fin on head routine as the Cronulla shark fins. Uh, Warriors suck balls. Yep, B Stewart directing things from the back a huge difference. Mateo back and played well too. Yeah, Mateo was good. MJ Eagle twenty three. My fellow Sea Eagle fans, in our happiness and delight, let's take a second to send a shout out to Braden William. LOL. Uh, at Benny27. I'm not saying Coach Barrett was listening to the latest ep of This Week in League, but Prophet Nate was spot on with what needed to happen with this team. Thank you, sir. Ugh. Yes, I was. Keep stroking. R-pop. Schwank of essence. $15 on Matty Parcell to score a try at $6.40. That's phenomenal. That's almost as easy money as Ashford's opposite for first try scorer. <laughs> that is, yeah, and I was, I was saying to you when we were looking at that tweet before the show, uh, we shall never see the likes of six dollars forty yeah, again no. for Matty Parcel. He's going to finish the season at two dollars twenty, I reckon, standard weekend. Like you know, because he's just got this ability. Like I don't know. I mean, like, maybe I'm I'm remembering yeah, rugby league history. But when I think of like you know backing up, mm. like always, I always think of like Terry Lamb as like a dude. No matter what, yeah, if something was happening anywhere. He'd be the guy in the place to take the last pass to score the try. Yep. He was always, and it just seems like Parcel's kind of that guy, except he's actually like an athlete too, though. So he he can do other a shit. Couple like, of natural skills. Yeah, yeah, like he, I mean, he's like, you know, doing crazy scoop, you know, scoop up of loose balls or putting a grubber through if need be, that kind of thing. Whereas Terry Lamb was like, you know, more like a durry smoking, you know, five eighth of yesteryear, like your, your Cliff Lines and so on. That he always put himself in a position. Or but, for for all you non manly fans out there that that speak normal human, he's a young hooker who's very early in his career, and he's had a couple of good games. That that's what it comes down to. That's I, like I understand you're feeling a lot of pressure from Twitter to like to to make a cunt of yourself. But oh look, I'll throw I'll throw my rookies, my my clutch game winning rookies, up yeah. against Pretender Parcel any day of the week. Oh, manly Parcel is he's gonna fuck a little Tamari wheat free soy. Martin. Yep. When do we have you guys? What round? I have you, you, you I'll tell keep... you what, let me fire up the fucking League yeah. Live app. No, you keep going on the tweets. I'll, I'll get it I'm out finished. I'm finished. I was just going to ah, wrap up the okay. whole section. So we've got plenty of time. Like, let's just, let's let's even not talk while we're doing it. Let's leave, let's make it complete dead air. And I'll go round three. Hang on, where's, where's Manly? Round 12th. Four. Round five. Round six. Round seven. This is fucking riveting. Round eight, no. Round nine, no. Ten, no. Eleven, no. Twelve, no. Thirteen, no. Fuck, are we only going to play you once this year? Wow. Fourteen, fifteen. Maybe we don't play at all. Sixteen. No, we it's do. It's getting pretty fucking late. Uh, in the, it's getting late in the day. 
Friday. What is it? 12th of June. This is riveting. The 12th of June. Oh, do we Oh, do we have 12th? What round's that? I must have went straight past it. Let's go back here. Night tether. Oh, so it is. There you go. Brookvale over. You can't have fucked. Wow. RIP your season. That's when mathematical possibility becomes that? becomes inevitability. You're going to get fucked so hard that for and against is, become, is going to become a non-option for you and premiership points for, you know, okay. what round's that? Round 14. So you're so, probably going to have about six points to your So there'll anyway. be 5,000 Manly fans. Uh, based, no. 4 p.m. Sunday, Brookvale Oval is going to be like 18,000 unless, unless you remain on like, you know, below eight premiership points and you're like a bottom feeder. Yeah. If that's the case, they'll be like, oh, fucking obviously they're going to win and they'll probably only be like 16,000. But I mean, if you're actually good and you know, the whole, you know, you haven't turned into fucking the Arnott's factory for the third year running. We'll see if Manly fans actually get out and spend money on the game instead of their high-end prescription opiates. <laughs> but um, look, at, at that what stage... Is a high, what, what are high-end prescription opiates? Oh, whereas normal people use heroin, I'm saying that people Seems in Manly like, are, like endone or something. People in Manly are wankers and taking OxyContin because they're too good for street drugs and needles. Well, I mean, look if you've ever fucking if you if you've ever suckled at the, at, at the milky teat of the fucking endone the cloud, <laughs> yeah. you would know that what you're saying is pure grocery. I mean, it's like fucking mother's milk. Uh, I, t- I tell you, I had a I had a sore tooth once and um couldn't get it was like a yeah you know, around like a must be like an Easter or yeah you know, sort of public holiday sort of period can't get in couldn't get in and so I like had like fucking half a dozen Nurofens and I was just I was just eating like codrils like anything just had any sort of pain killing component to it and I was just like fucking suffering and then um and my wife had some endones left over from an operation she took one after the operation and was just like I can't do it like it made me feel sick. <laughs> And I was like, fuck it. And there was like, so there was like about, you know, two dozen of these cunts left. And I was, I was just fucking popped one out. And I was gone. And immediately, I was just like, I under, I get it. Yep. I totally, I I understand how people can fucking get to a point where they're having 75 of these in a the yeah. sitting, the sitting. Like, yeah. Because it it is like, it is like a mate floating on this amazing cloud. And, um. And like, so I've never like loaded up on them or anything, but even, even one of them is like, oh yeah, you don't, I just want to, I'm just going to melt into this chair. I don't want to drive or anything like that. There you that. go, kitties. Don't mess and with opiates. Yeah. So don't, so what I'm saying is don't, you don't need to fucking chase the dragon, you know, and, and stick a needle in your arm. Just get yourself a prescription, maybe steal a prescription if you, you know, <laughs> run a tomato or, you know, just tell the doctor that you just, you, you're hurting and you just, oh. you, you need some... We're going to end your season too. Okay, end our fucking season. Yeah, we we get your last round. Well, so so what you're saying is you'll have the opportunity to try and cause some mischief and stop us getting the minor premiership after your season's you know shot down. But I mean, you're only going to have about four players in your side that you have in the side this week because everyone else will be fucking looking on, you know, with their biscuit, you know, ACLs and the rest of it. Uh, you know, Moylan will be fucking lamenting. He'll be probably tossing up retirement at that point. You know what? I'm going to fly down to Sydney and have a big banner that says, Hey, Willie Army. <laughs> yeah, and what... But Nate, that, Nate says hi. Yeah, but they and don't have... sit in the crowd. But these days, like, they're, they're putting, like, the New South Wales Cup on different days, though, so why are you wasting your fucking time? I know, he'll be back in first grade. Oh, that's not going to happen. After Brett Stewart Believe falls, me, falls over in a car park. Brett Stewart could get his fucking leg amputated and Willie Army would see first grade again. Oh, okay. They've learned their lesson. 
they'll just they'll, they'll pull they'll get fucking George Rose back out for time and they'll stick in there. <laughs> believe, believe me, they won't get that Willie Army ain't coming back. He's never coming uh, back. Nice. Might, yeah, he he'll never be found. He may as well be fucking Jimmy Hoffa. He, he, you're never gonna hear from him again. Kaiser Soze. We're in Australia, you gotta say Harold Holt. Yeah, but then it ties it back to the sharks and well, how topical. That's it. Previews very quickly because we're running very long tonight, and I was I was tired anyway. But this is ridiculous. Um, South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs on um, Friday night. The era of the Thursday night is over. Thank fuck for that. Um, so. I think Canterbury will bounce back after their loss better than the the Rabbits will bounce back after theirs. Um, the Rabbits were fucking pretty formidable in the first two rounds, though. Yeah, they they were more so um, than the doggies. Doggies were, were winning. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, geez, I don't know. I I really think the the rabbits are still missing a fair bit of direction with Reynolds gone. Yeah, uh, well, that's true. And and with a, a more experienced pack, um, look look for Des to get a, a fair bit of improvement out of Moses this week too. So I'm look, going actually doggies. now look at the sides, and I'm remembering that Sam Burgess obviously had a terrible fucking incident. And although he's been cleared of stuff, I cannot see him coming back into the yeah, side no, this week. I think so. And I just remember South without Sam Burgess last year. Yep. And yeah, and then so the forward battles won already. And uh, yeah, okay, doggies to bounce back there. Brisbane Broncos take on the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, Suncorp Stadium is going to be a factor, uh, and I think the Broncos have gone closer to getting their 2015 form than the Cowboys have to getting theirs back. So uh, I think that Brisbane will take this one. Oh, and, and and I I think it's it's two competition points for the Cowboys, but the Broncos have got that, you know, revenge factor yeah. motivation that kind of thing as well. Yeah. So I'm gonna take the Broncos, but not with great amount of confidence, just because of the factors that you mentioned, like home and so on, um, and just maybe for that revenge factor. I think the Cowboys were great last week. It's hard to you know you can only play who's in front of you, and they certainly put them to the sword. But, yeah. That's it. They're coming off a soft win. Broncos coming off a tough loss, uh, the, you know, against the side that was well beneath them. So, uh, yeah. Broncos I, uh, at home. I shall be at this game. Feel yeah. free to uh, lob up and buy me beers and or bring me endos. <laughs> <laughs> this week at least, brought to you by Endo. <laughs> Taste the dragon. <laughs> it's just a dragon. It'll just be three hours of... I'll tell you, I've fucking got, I've got I'm, I'm hankering for, I've, I've still got some left. <laughs> <laughs> so if the edit's a bit scratchy this week, you'll, you'll notice because I've bashed my head against the keyboard. Canberra Raiders versus the Gold Coast Titans. Um, In Canberra, sorry, I should say. In Canberra, based on the trajectory of these two teams, um, I'm actually going to go the Titans on this one. I, w- I want to tip the Titans, but the away factor and, you know, the, the Canberra factor, it's not the dead of winter yet where it's not freezing yeah, shithole. It's not chilly. Where it's just a regular shithole. It's not a freezing shithole. So that imposing nature that it has, it has isn't, it's not going to be there for another two months. But Titans, Come, not a... Coming in after a good performance, and I, I think Canberra is still, still missing Austin more more than we, uh, we may have realised. Yeah, I just wonder if Canberra, I mean, you know, that... That draws a wake-up call, especially against such an awful side as the Knights. Mm. So, 
It's a fucking tough one. I don't I, look. I want to talk. I want to tip the Titans, but for the venue of the game and the and the tough, the tough result that Canberra had. I was going to say tough loss, but I mean it would have felt like a loss to them. So, you know, I'm expecting that bounce back factor as well. Yeah. Um, fuck, it's tough. It's just the halves. It's the only. That's the thing that I can't, you know, sort of get past. The fact they don't really have yeah. them at the moment uh, in Canberra, and the fact that you know Ash Taylor, you know, did an amazing job last week and appears to be you know a real player. That's tough. So you're definitely sticking with the Titans, hey? Yeah, that, I think that's just based on this week, last that's week. A, yeah, that's a tough one. I want to say Canberra because of, because of Canberra, but you know, with zero confidence. Sydney Roosters take on the mighty Manly Seagulls at Allianz. This one, there's some, some players named here. These both these sides are obviously going to change <laughs> incredibly because Depower will probably take the week. Um, Brenton yep. Lawrence will probably take the week. He should probably fight it though. You see, he's up for a week for um, kneeing Ennis into balls. That's pretty much fucking Dalian medals. Do they stuff. do they mean a, a week off, or they're just going to pay his living expenses for a week? <laughs> <laughs> a week suspension for some kind of you know dangerous contact or something. Yeah, okay. That's a tough one to prove though. Like that you purposely. Went for the nuts. Needed doing the balls, yeah. Yeah, tough. And if he did, fucking valid strategy. Good, Good job. on him. I mean, you know, he, he should he should be given three daily end points minimum. I'd, I'd love for him to walk into the judiciary and go, if I wanted to hit him in the balls, I would have aimed for his forehead. Yeah. Just drop a mic and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> if I wanted to smack him in the balls, I would have fucking got Marty to power on the case. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, Roosters, they got Latrell Mitchell. Didn't he do a elbow something... Ligament out for some weeks. Was it his chest? No, the peck was... Oh, fucking who's no, the... Copley's the peck. Yeah, Copley's yeah. the peck. Yeah, so he's gone. Poor bastard. So, look, honestly, Manly going to keep this shit rolling. Um, yeah, I think, again, just based on the trajectories that they enter this game with, Manly are starting to see a, an improvement in form, whereas, whereas the Roosters are just down on confidence. And, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with the with the Manly side. I'm presuming that um, with Brenton Lawrence out, maybe you know Jake Turbo he'll move to prop, and then you got Jamie Vera as the 18th man. He had a successful return through Reggie's last week mm-hmm. after his broken jaw or whatever it was. Um, so maybe he'll come back into lock. So they're not losing too much there. Um, although Martin Power, I mean the way he's been going, it's, it's a pretty big loss. I've actually been really impressed with him. He's he's playing 80 minutes. And like, if he can keep producing eighty minutes of quality, yeah, that's a it's a fucking big deal. And you know, in the, the current climate of interchanges and stuff, um, Manly obviously going to win thirteen plus. The more you put on, the more you get back. Saint George Illawarra Dragons take on the Penrith Panthers. Sunday afternoon game, Win Stadium. Um, I think the Penrith will come away with this one, uh, and and I think they've actually got the. The capacity to uh, to really put some points on here. Um, Panthers look to be favourites just at the moment. Um, the the difference I see is in the forward packs that there's a, a little bit of opportunity to, to exploit some of the bigger St George forwards later on in the game. Yep. Uh, and and when you've got people like uh, Soward who's showing that he's running at the line again and it's yep. proving a little bit more dangerous. Uh, when you've got somebody like Peachy, who I really think is yet to hit his straps this year, he can be absolutely devastating. Um, as long as we keep the, the fuckery cutout passes to a, to a minimum and and just put them in 
when they're required and when they're going to pay off. I, I think Penrith can win this one and uh, and get their season off to a roll. Yeah, I think the Dragons are garbage and um, Penrith should take care of them pretty easily. I'm, I'm fairly confident about that one, actually. I hate to agree with you and you know, support your team, but that's the way I think it's going to go. Look, Warriors feel comfortable. take on the Newcastle Knights, Mount Smart Stadium, Monday afternoon, of course, being the uh, Easter long weekend. I uh, I think the Warriors will get a win here to get their season off. Um, look, they haven't been playing atrocious football. They've just been doing a couple of little things incorrectly. First uh, game was, but there's been gradual improvement yeah. each week, so, you know. And and coming up against the Knights, who who are going to be full of a little bit more self belief after the draw with Canberra, the benchmark um, of winnable games. Yeah, the the Warriors really should come away with this one. Plus, they get Connie Harrell back. Yeah, well, so I mean, ho- hopefully he's got they, a point they, to they, prove. They get Connie Harrell back. I mean, he's he's in sixteen. i be interested to see what they're gonna, you know, what their plans are. Um, it's a fuck. Now I'm looking at their lineup. I mean, that's pretty fucking weird. Like Lolo Hare on the on the wing. Persisting with Blake Ashford in the centres. Yeah. I mean, you would surely you would throw Harrell in there, and like, what's Lola? I mean, what are they going to replace Hoffman or Thompson or something? They're going to play you him as a Lola, second row. I mean, Lola Hayer out in the wing. I mean, you know, obviously he's better. You know, throw him in the halves. I mean, you know, Jeff Robson. You know, how's he employed? It's well, it's, you know, like weird, weird fucking team selections. Yeah. Is not so, is is you know not something new for the Warriors, and of course um, in nine there it's very important to note that um, little mate Isaac Luke not going to be there. Mm. So yeah, still the Warriors. I'm I'm not going to tip Newcastle against any side this season. <laughs> they're going to obviously they're going to win a game win a at, some, at some point and prove wrong. But I don't think I, I think on the balance of things, if you tipped against Newcastle every week, you'd come out ahead. You'd come out ahead, well yep. and truly ahead. Yep. Um, West Tigers take on the Parramatta Eels. Monday afternoon. Um, I can't go past Parramatta in this one for a couple of reasons. One 80 of them, minutes of play. There's a reason. It's the only reason you need. The return of Robbie Farrow. <laughs> There's another one. Uh, yes. Um, you know, you, you've got a, a, you've got a team that's gelling so well at the moment for the, for the, you know, 80% of the season. And then willingly inject cancer into that it's, organism. Yeah, so... It, it, it's like... You know, sit, sitting down to a, a healthy, healthy beat-off session, and then just as you're about to come, shoving a knitting needle up your dick. It's like it just makes no sense. Um, but just based on form, I think Parramatta will be too big, too strong, and I don't see Wests having too many answers to to Semi and Jennings out wide. Yeah, I just think the the. The eels, you know, um, they're not setting the world on fire. What they are doing is putting together fairly consistent 80 minutes of football. So that alone puts them ahead of the Tigers because the Tigers are basically managing about 20 minutes. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's a pretty fucking good 20 minutes. But, you know, I don't think they're going to race out to a yeah. lead this week. I don't think they're going to have that lead that they can even concede leading into half time to get the game back on, you know, if you and put even on, sort of kill. put on 20 minutes of scintillating attack... Yeah, you you need sixty minutes of fairly solid defence. Yeah, around it. So I they agree. haven't really got twenty in them. I agree. So it could be ugly. Ugly than getting flogged by the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> is that possible? Cronulla Sutherland Sharks take on the Melbourne Storm at Reclaim Australia Stadium Monday night foot bitch. Yeah, tough one. Um, 
looking at who they've got coming into this one, I think, again, the Storm will be able to do just enough to get away with this one. Uh, the the Sharks... are straight-up garbage. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, look at... Storm I, by heaps. I, I think they've got more strike power out wide than they've been used to in recent years. Yeah, but that's... Um, yeah, they, they, but they, they've got to figure out how to use it properly. They don't use it. They ain't going to use it. So it's not just, okay, play the ball and quick quick spread with a cutout pass and all of a sudden your winger's got it. Um, they, they need to learn how to how to really build a platform and get yeah. get some uh, some numbers out wide. So I, I think the Storm will be able to, to do just enough as they've been doing all year. And that is full time for episode 214. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Also, I said it was no, actually, I said it was the last time to get around you last week, so fuck it. You can find his, if you don't know his Twitter account by now, ask your friends. Ask your friends. Ask your mother. How about that? Ask about that guy that fucking masturbates in, yeah, in front of her and then jams a knitting needle down his pee hole. Wow. Um, also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. Uh, keep sharing the posts around, hitting the like button, guys. Thank you very much for that. iTunes, we had a review over the week, and uh, it was from Jimpanzee15, a long-time member, five stars. As a member of this podcast, I feel like it is my duty to let the world know how I feel. Every week during the NRL season, Nate and Jay talk and discuss all things rugby league. Nate in particular is a proud Manly fan, and as such, his profanity-laced previews, reviews, and news items will often offend listeners due to his blatant bias towards his team and good-natured banter, in quotes, against rival teams. I, too, would probably get offended with his rants. However, as a Seagull supporter myself, I find myself agreeing with most, if not all, of his thoughts. In all seriousness, this podcast is like having a chat with your mates about rugby league and interacting with fellow like-minded individuals and bantering with them when your teams cross paths. Keep up the good work, boys. Oh, and Jay's okay too, I guess. Nice work. You're included in the review, though. That's, that's, that's progress. Fucking cunt um, manly fan. <laughs> but you can... Um, it's like supporting your shows is really easy. Uh, memberships aside and all that sort of thing, it's so simple. You just hit the subscribe button on iTunes and throw us a review and a rating, and like takes you know three minutes. And it's so important for you know to the to the algorithms that you know Apple used to you know determine the charts and all that sort of shit. So um, so yeah, do that. Um, Supercoach does head to head start this week? I think it might. Um, the group we have uh, Ram and Robbo. Or Ram in Robbo. And first, Toto's Terrors, Fiji and Eels, Too Much Tuners, NZ underscore Magpie 54, Puds Picks, The Pool Sharks, Silver Foxes, Mr. B and Ives Seagulls. A lot of names there from last year. Uh, that's the top 10. And tipping, Melon is number one out alone. Then we have David Kingston, Lemon. Melon, Lemon, or presumably, uh, you know, is that the old, you know, two sides of the same person? I don't know. Uh, Erebus Chaos, Dugs, Solzy, One-Eyed Tiger, and Sl- and uh, Slady. Then we've got one point back. We've got Desi's Ducks and Nickel, and that's the top 10. However, on that 16-point uh, level, there's like another 10 people easily. So to, at this early stage of the season, we have no breakaways, and it's an even comp, so fantastic. And uh, that's all I've got on the notes. 
So this is the longest fucking episode in a long time. I'm not sure how long, because uh, once again, look you know, if you no happen to be no checking on this show, if you happen to be on a plane, this one's for you. We've got you to Melbourne and more. How you like that? Love your work. Got you halfway to Japan, if that's the way you're flying. Got you pretty much fuck all the way to LA, unfortunately. Not put, even a quarter of the way, well, to be fuck honest. You. Put, us, you, put us on repeat. Well, you've got a sweet entertainment system anyway. Fucking, you could probably got the Lord of the Ring movies you can line up and fucking take all the. Exactly. <laughs> take the whole time away. You expect me to get you to fucking LA. Pricks. Why, why are we even with you on a plane in the first place? Yeah. Listen, listen on your commute like everyone else. <laughs> take some endo. Sleep like a normal person on a plane. Exactly. So, on that note. Later. I'm about to take an endone and edit this show. <laughs> so, apologise if I forget anything that I said I was going to do while I was doing it. <laughs> we're we're going to start to get are you okay tweets. <laughs> Look, use is not abuse. No, Wendell, I don't want to come and party with you. <laughs> Carmichael, stop fucking snitching, bitch. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>